This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3346 for Monday, the 31st of May 2021. Today's show is entitled HPR 2020 2021 New Year's Eve Show Episode 3. It is hosted by Hunky Magoo and is about 175 minutes long and carries an explicit flag. The summary is, the HPR community stops by for a chat. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. FFmpeg makes it quite easy to record a stream, actually. FFmpeg space dash i, http hackerpublicradio.org forward slash live space dash c, copy, and then the file name. That's it, you're done. So do I open a bug for next cloud that I can't set the time and date? Collins, please. So next cloud has a calendar application. And if you set, if you want to schedule a date and a time and date, it gives you one to twelve as the options for hours and AM and PM. But that just is a format that is not used here in the Netherlands. We use military time for selecting calendar dates. So, do I open a bug on that and or not? That is the question. Is this a preview of the show you're going to make, how to bypass the locale? I'm not going to make that show. <laughs> I see. I I have been using uh, Danish English for a while on the locales, and then everything comes out correctly. But I don't know if that's going to work. It doesn't work when, the, when your operating system updates the locales and then it blasts that out of the way. So if so Linux... It- if all the applications on Linux have decided that the only way is to use the only way to do preferences is to use locales, and that there are only twenty whatever a hundred different variants on what you're allowed to do, if that's what they're saying, then we should be able to, we should be allowed to modify custom locales without them being blown away, and they should be responded by the applications as well. Hmm. Uh, I seem to be using the English US .utf8. But are your dates messed up? Say you want to have want the to dates have as 2020-month-day. Yeah, I think the problem is I don't know the date on what. <laughs> you have that set as your default locale. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, so I I, I basically try to use everything as much in the terminal as possible, so... In yeah, but if you want to the terminal and type date now. Oh, yeah, I get Thursday, December 31st, which makes no sense. You're right. Yeah. And what I want to get is 2020-12-31T 
15 colon 13 colon 21. So I, I personally want ISO 8601 because it's the only sane date format, human readable date format. But it affects other things like, for example, if you pick that locale, now your currency symbol is defined as dollar and not the, I don't know where you're, krona or euro. Yeah, it's krona. Yeah. Which is fine because it's not a, a symbol in itself. It's the it's SEK. Yeah, in my case, it would be the euro symbol. So, but that also affects things. Can things. Affects can so always use EUR. No, because it's automatically populated by certain applications. Ah, alas, Pentecost. And I would just like to wish the person who received my Pine phone somewhere in the UK, Birmingham, all the best for the new year. Thanks. Hope you're enjoying it. <laughs> I'm not having too much luck with buying stuff from Pine64. Why? Oh, did it go to the wrong address? Yep. It ended up uh-huh. in the UK. Don't know why. And the uh, sales, uh, they I opened a ticket and they said, yeah, but it's been delivered. I said, yeah, but it's been delivered to the wrong country, wrong address. Uh, okay, then... Uh, contact uh, some other people you know the sales team and i contacted them and nobody ever got back to me so there's that, that there's that does that mean that someone actually picked it up well presumably somebody has it because i don't that is hilarious yeah google drive have updated their security effective june 2021 if you're inactive for two years that's 24 months in Gmail, Drive, or Photos. We may delete your contents in which you're inactive. If you exceed your storage limit for two years, we may delete the contents across Gmail, Drive, and Photos. That's uh, reassuring. I seem to remember there was unlimited forever promises made there, or maybe I mistook that. Well, initially it seemed like it was going to be that way with email ever expanding but turns out that uh, when it comes to photos people can take as many as they want or actually as many as they can that's a fine looking breakfast Claudio is he left handed or is the camera switched the fork is on the right hand side and the knife is on the left hand side also pointed to the pointing to the left hand side which is weird no it's not flipped otherwise they Uh, text on the, what is that, butter, would be flipped. Why do you eat that way, Claudio? Why? I guess he's too busy chewing his breakfast. So, let's see what the text says. Okay. The kitchen table with a tub of butter spread at the top left, a butter knife below it, an octagonal plate of scrambled eggs with spinach, and two whole wheat toast slices, a fork to the right of the plate, and my black mug of coffee with milk and honey at the top right with a spoon submerged that is some accessibility marking there i have to i have to give it to claudia well done and it's a butter knife we're just uncivilized people that don't recognize a butter knife this is from claudio's two-way streams here on uh, mastodon Mastodon. is it a butter knife well he says it in the text Looks too big to be a butter knife. I mean, it might be the knife he uses for butter, but it's... Here, butter knives are made of wood. That's true, yes. Hello? What website are you referring to? Claudio, yeah. uh, Master Claudio's Mastodon feed. You're coming in 
pretty low wish K wisher. How's that? Oh, How's shit. that? Much better. That's much better. So, Ken Fallon, I have a few questions for you. All right. Bye. Do you have <laughs> right. you are the admin for this mumble server, is that correct? That is correct, yes. Well, I'm paying for it, yes. So why is it still running Ubuntu sixteen oh four? Because it's from a service called let me check. Voice Commander Center. And I've opened them a ticket and they said they'll look into it, but sixteen oh four is a supported operating system. So there you go. Right, I understand that, but it's causing some minor issues for people connecting to the older server with newer mumble clients. Yep. And as this is a hosted service, there's zero I can do about it other than open a ticket. So you can't do a OS upgrade? No, it's a hosted service. They they run... So go to voicecommandcenter.com. Hold on. I'll paste it into the Etherpad. I, I, I was just curious as why it was still on 1604 and an older mobile server. Because they run, that's what they put on that service. They It's a hosted service by them, and that's it. That's the version they're running. So Happy H- New Year's Eve, Hacker Public Radio. Happy New Year's Eve, Nightwise. Hey, guys. Hi, Nightwise. Hey, Ken. Hello, Nightwise. Hi, guys. Turn on push to talk, please. Yes. So I have a technical support instant number 22762. We're seeing, I said we've seen errors on some Mumble clients running uh, under Ubuntu. Uh, 2004 versions have connection errors. It's possible that you can upgrade to a new server version. They replied saying we are researching this request. Provided we don't have any issues, we should be able to upgrade the Mumble server soon. So, is who's paying for this hosted service? I am. I wasn't all the time, but uh, then uh, who was pay- who used to pay for it? Name escapes me. Um, asked if anybody was still using it. Hacker Public Radio were, and we then uh, I then took it over. So does HBR have any options to add their own local server to host Mumble? No, this is a hosting service. This is what they do. They have a web page in front of servers. You you don't get any access to anything. Well, that's what I'm saying. You can host your own Mumble server at home if you wanted to. Yeah, I could do, yeah. But I don't want to because I'm already doing enough stuff. So what I wanted to do was pay for this service i didn't mind paying for this because it was on for uh, this is a repeat of their uh, another discussion we had earlier so people who were already listening to this on the podcast can fast forward but anyway i went through the when uh and i do apologize for not being able to remember who it was that was paying for this for years and years and years um when they handed it over to me they there was list of um other podcasters using this. So, for example, the Boston Browns, I have no idea, Ledger, The Cass, Null Tech Show, Null Craft, and Rev Unity, and the Python Experiment. I googled uh, them, DuckDuckGo them, Internet Archive them, can't find any reference to them at all. Then, the Techie Geek, Duke Maninoff, Geek with Guns, Linux Basics, Linuxburg, Open Source Musician, Pod Brewers, and Scannerdrome all appear to have pod-fitted. 
and the remaining shows that are active either using their own server or using this as a backup. So then I personally don't feel any uh, obligation to continue paying this service to these people, Voice Commander, because we don't have access to the server, we don't have access to get it upgraded. I would much prefer to give that money as a donation to Delwin or to somebody or to some open source project that Delwin wishes me to give it to, um, then pay somebody else and we move over to Delwin server. Because I could run it for, here from home. Uh, I could put it on the Raspberry Pi, but then I'm administrating that and I have enough to be doing because just this last week we had uh, a hard disk, a power outage here in the house, which fried one of my spinning hard disks and uh, ended up losing some shows. Thankfully, we were able to get them back. But it just highlighted the fact that I don't want to be, I have enough to be doing. I don't need that on top of everything else, particularly when somebody else is kind enough to have a server to run this on. Make sense or not? Yes and no. <coughs> I, I would think you could send out a mass email to the list and ask for somebody to contribute to run that. It's not about the money. Well, I understand that. I mean, it's just the the keeping it up to date and keeping things you know, yeah, work, but, working. Okay, the HPR server is on this voice commander service. Can you go to that page? Just click on that link and you'll see what I mean. It's a hosted service. It's like Gmail. It's like saying, Google, uh, please update your IMAP server because it's out of date. There is no control. It's a hosted service. That's it. I don't have access to the server. Where do you post the uh, link? Into the um, Etherpad, of course. I can send you privately the login information. No problem. I don't. I don't need that. I'll look at that link. Just asking why? Why you know why you couldn't do your own updates and and stuff? Because I can't. Yes, I understand why now, but <laughs> I just wonder why. Okay, you, clear. Why, why you want to keep this service if you can't maintain it? <laughs> because for the reason, well, the reason for that was because there are so many people using the service, or so I thought. And only when this discussion came up on the mail list did I go through the list and check and see when uh, how many are active. And there are still some active shows on there. And well, well, then you just make your switch and tell them the new server. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, I need to. Uh, we need to uh, first of all make sure nobody is actually using this because I took it over in good faith that I would pay for it uh, if people in the community are using it. But it seems to be that. Um, People are either using their own servers or they're uh, using Delwins because he seems happy enough with that. And he has a nice setup actually over there. They, uh, the fact that you can go into the room and test your thing and everything, that's pretty cool. Well, there's your other option. Yeah. He's already set up a room, but for the New Year, he's already set up a room for Hacker Public Radio. But for the New Year show, um, I don't know. We might... Uh, yeah, set up a, a mumble uh, a mumble thing here locally. If if he, it's a question I haven't asked him yet. Or oh, can two hundred people come and and uh, join your internet service is a thing. But for the community news and that sort of thing, what we use it for, his one would be more than sufficient. So we're not started. We haven't started the uh, the of course New Year we show have. yet. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> Sorry, we're. This is just a, a topic of conversation, and everything we're here in the open anyway. So, yeah. 
Mega Meta. Hey everyone, can you hear me? We can. We can. can. Speak to us from beyond. Hey everyone, it's Claudio. How you doing? Happy New Year Hi, to all of those uh, in Australia. <laughs> Claudio! Claudio! Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Still waiting for that time to roll around. But uh, I'm going to be happy saying goodbye to 2020. I know it's been a crazy year, but I do have a lot of positive things to be thankful for this year. So, you know, I'm going to focus on that and not on the negative. Excellent. List them off there. Number one. It's 2021. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'll be right right back. Give me a second. (laughs) No worries. When it comes down to being grateful, uh, I call this year the year of the digital renaissance, the golden age. We, the... Yeah, yeah. No, it's not possible to run your business from home. Oh, yes. Oh, God. I have been, it's, it's been crazy. This is the first year that I have gathered 15 years of podcasting and uh, live streaming skills and actually made a business out of it. It's crazy. Yeah, very good. Got my mother uh, using... WhatsApp videos like video calling. She won't answer the phone now. She wants to see you. It's, it's amazing. 87 80. or uh, what age is she? 80 something? Yeah, we have yeah, that, with, uh, that with my uh, uh, wife's uh, grand a couple of years ago uh, when she went to the retirement home. She was the first one that came in and asked, What's the Wi Fi password? And <laughs> The, st- the staff looked at her and they were like, "What?" And uh, well, I'm an, I'm an IT professional, and my uh, sister-in-law works at an IT provider. And we actually sat the manager of uh, the retirement home down in his office, and we said, "Okay, this is how we're going to do it. We are going to bring the 21st century to your retirement home." And yeah, that worked. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. No, it's actually quite good because uh, although. In order to contact her, I first need to ring her. Then she needs to not pick it up. Then she needs to ring me. Then I need to pick it up. Then I need to tell her which flu button to swipe up. So there's a whole five-minute preamble thing that works. But still, it is it is amazing. I've made some um, iOS shortcuts for my uh, niece and my, mm-hmm. my in-laws. And this is... they They can... FaceTime each other in, in just one button. Bomb directly. Apple shortcuts work straight that way. Yeah, very convenient. So, yes. Speaking of places, Mastodon. Uh, I'm also looking for a Mastodon service that would take, as a replacement for Twitter, that would take HPR. Again, too much to do. Don't want to be maintaining something. Is there a Mastodon service out there? that would be a good fit for Hacker Public Radio. And that means an automated bot that would post the, a small tweet or a toot every uh, every work, every day during the week. Work weekday? Work weekday? Is that the word? Work day? Yeah, okay, that'll do. Work day, yes. Thoughts or ideas? You people listen along at home. What's the issue with Mastodon now? I don't. We don't have an account. I have an account on um, SDF that I use myself, and uh, I want to be able to. Uh, it, I po- We have a, a script that that posts the RSS feed to the Twitter every day. I've been doing that since like HPR started, more or less. And it seems that we should really be posting into the Fediverse as well, because hey, that's our that's where our audience lives. 
mostly. So uh, rather than have to set up our own Fediverse server, uh, Mastodon server or whatever server, uh, and become an expert at that, I just want to piggyback on somebody else's, you know, get an account on somebody else's service. But quite a lot of them don't allow automated um, bots to come in. They want community engagement and, and stuff like that. But in our case, it is very low low amount of traffic and it's mostly uh posts are mostly automated unless there's something like the hpr new year show where i post but i will i do monitor monitor it and if there is anybody who comments about hpr i will reply directly as hpr but yeah basically what is is there a service out there that we can we can join have you tried without violating their terms have you tried talking to one of the admins Yep. Uh, so there's this list called joinmastodon.org/communities.tech. I'll paste the link into the show notes. Etherpad. One second. Welcome, Northern Territories of Australia, Darwin, Alice Springs, and Uluru. Just pasted in there. Joinmastodon.org/communities/tech. Went through a few of them, and um, two of them that I've contacted would be normally happy with the sort of content, but they don't allow bots, so they're they don't want us to join. And then the remainder didn't get back to me. Now, what if they just didn't know that it was a bot and it could be just a regular person posting the shows on a daily basis? That would reflect very badly on us, wouldn't it? Fair enough. No, I don't want to uh, I don't want to violate somebody's terms and conditions. I imagine, though, that if I was, there are people out there who have a no-bot policy but would be okay with that. But on the other hand, if they're okay with that, then somebody else's no-bot, somebody else would have a bot that they would think, yeah, but it's not, you let Hacker Public Radio, why don't you let us? Uh, Have you tried talking to the, not the Tilda guys, the SDF guys? People? Hmm. Hmm. That's an interesting one. On my account or on another account? On another account, I would guess. Just asking them if uh, it's okay to just have a bot running on their Mastodon thing. I think it would be okay. They're up for all kinds of experimentation, if I'm not mistaken. Reading their terms of service? That would be be fairly obvious if they... I've been looking for a service, and the service that would actually allow it is the service I'm actually using. Yeah, I ended up just using Mastodon.social because I'm, um, you know, obvious like that. Did someone say Mastodon? Yes, they did. Did you miss the conversation? No, I was listening in from my phone in the meantime. Yeah, looking for a home for the HQR bot so that we can kind of tweet out. Uh, We have a Twitter feed at that's been running for years and uh, yeah it makes sense to me that that should go to some Mastodon service somewhere or the Fediverse at least Is it you only have the the Twitter one? Yeah well I mean it's an RSS feed I can send anything everywhere so it's not that's not the issue Oh okay gotcha It's the I don't want to violate somebody's terms of service type thing Archer72 says dev.20 bot wiki instructions to Mastodon bots I will paste that into the sh- If I'm not mistaken, I think there's a bots.space instance, so maybe you can set something up there. Oh yeah, that's there. Bots in.space. Someone paste the link, please. 
It's in the the link that Archer sent. Seventy two cent. Thank you. Adding it to the Etherpad. There follows truncate silence. So just a little update. We've got twenty four listeners on the audio stream server right now. Very nice. Not bad for a Friday afternoon. What day is it? For a start, it's Thursday afternoon. <laughs> don't know why I think it's Friday the whole time. I don't think I've ever seen 24 mass listeners on on this stream since I've been doing it. We've been behind uh, cameras and head and and uh, underneath headphones for the better part of the year, so <laughs> we're kind of used to it right now. Yeah, no, I'm talk- of- no, I'm talk- no, I'm talking about this show in in the years past. I've, this is the only time I've run. Uh, the audio stream, and uh, this is the most listeners I've seen on three or four years of using it. Excellent. Ah, okay, yeah. <laughs> Delayed consumption of content. What else would we be doing? Everyone else is in lockdown, so let's join HPR. Well, maybe it's showing the connection issues. <laughs> or it's just people... Are people want... listening to the stream having connection issues? No, no, I'm saying having mumble connection issues, so they're using the stream just to listen. Yeah, Yeah, and that's what I'm asking them. Are you having people listening to the stream? Are you listening to the stream because you're having mumble issues? You can reply by sending an email to admin at hackerpublicradio.org or by going to Mastodon. And how do you send a message to Mastodon? At Ken Fallon. Yes, at Ken, Fa- Ken underscore Fallon at mastodon.stf.org. I do want to um, comment on that one. Uh, I want to pick in on a discussion that they had a couple of months ago on the Ubuntu UK podcast, where they were talking about the fact that, um, I think it was the EFF that was talking about it, that abhorred um, locked platforms like for example discord and stuff uh, as being non-free yet they did say that if they wanted to reach a larger base and larger public and especially the next generation of developers they needed to start using said platforms in order to um, reach their audience and i would Mm -hmm. like to throw up the um, blasphemous question why do we as as an HPR community, still stick to the mostly not uh, free and open yet hugely niche platforms that we're using right now. Just a question. Well, we've been posting to Twitter since before Twitter was known to be on the horizon. So there's nothing niche about that. What we're suggesting is that we're posting to Mastodon as well, where our community is. Okay. Um, what would we have as an audience or what would our reach be if we were to do this on, let's say, something like a Discord server instead of IRC and Mumble? Well, I would ask, would we not then use something like Jitsi Meet that would be open, audited, secure, commercial, supported? And extremely niche. Oh, uh, it was ranked by the Consumentabond as the as the best uh, uh, the best video conferencing app. So it's not that niche. Everything is niche. Google was niche at one stage. I had a Google T-shirt. People asked me, "Hey, who? What's that?" Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so in your opinion, I, go ahead. In your opinion, we're in the reach. We would reach with this. We would reach a wider audience if we spread out to something like Discord as opposed to using Mumble. Um, 
from a marketing, I'm, I'm, I'm talking marketing-wise, not developer-wise. From a marketing point, it's not about what you as an entrepreneur want. It's actually what your client wants. And it's all about being where your client is. You can have your client come to you, but it will take a lot more effort uh, for the client to do so, and your reach will be smaller. It takes less mm-hmm. energy to go to your client where the clients are. Okay. Uh, clients who's our client in list. this exercise? Who's, uh, the, who's our, the client? Our client would be potential listeners who we, who we can inspire with our content. Okay. Right. Let me summarize. Because we... Well, for, for a start, I have, I'm on the record as disagreeing with that uh, in a way. Totally, okay. The, yeah. the approach to me is that our target audience is to get hosts in, not listeners. However, there is an argument that you need the listeners in order to get the hosts. Not not 100% sure about that. However, HPR, this New Year's show is something different. It's a it's a it's a meeting of hackers. So, um the technology that was available when this started was Mumble. Uh, the these other technologies that you talk about didn't exist. So, Okay, so do we stay, do we keep using these technologies because they were there when we started, because we know them, or because they are the best platforms to do so? Because if the goal of the organization is to get new hosts, and through getting new hosts, we we do need more listeners, because you become a listener first and then a host. So we continually need to find new listeners. It's It's our sales funnel, as it was. So, but now by focusing on just getting hosts, we end up talking to each other in ever smaller circles where we need to have, we need to burn much more energy to find new hosts because we're using niche niche channels than opposed to go sit in the digital high street uh, using a non-free application, but reaching a much larger audience and more potential hosts. Yeah, yeah, but the opposite side of that is when everybody else runs, you walk. Um, the I, I fundamentally disagree with what you're saying because then your signal gets lost in the um, your signal gets lost in the crowd, and then you're chasing the algorithm. Um, you see it on on YouTube, uh, people who are monetizing. YouTube changes their policy. Now we need long-form videos. Uh, we need short-form videos. We're changing this. You can't say that. Uh, restrictions come in. Um, Absolutely. I, I completely agree. Proprietary yeah. software is required. And the target audience here are not people who consume, they're people who create. Where are those people likely to be? They're likely to be on the edge, on the fringe. We make a community for those people and we bring them in. But HPR has always had a policy where we will use, uh, while the majority of people are strongly biased to free open source tools, we are not. That is not what the network is about, and we will use other services if they're deemed to be appropriate. However, the operating systems that a lot of our uh, community use don't support um, these proprietary platforms because they haven't released the code on those proprietary platforms. Take, for example, the Raspberry Pi. I can't watch uh, the national broadcaster despite paying uh, taxes for the service because I've got an ARM processor and not an Intel processor so the DRM won't work on that. So these are the issues that you're, you're facing with. In theory what you're saying is correct. Not 100% sure it applies to HBR though. 
Yeah, I, I was, I, I, I mean, I agree. I love the fact that HBR is still on IRC and that we are finding out ways to do stuff with with open source. But the thing that we we do need to think about, perhaps, I'm just throwing yeah, it out there. Yeah, we're also on Mastodon. We're also on Discourse. We're also on Telegram. We're also on Twitter. We're also on Facebook. We're also on Google Play, and we're on 101 other services that have been disregarded. So what you're saying doesn't make sense because we are on these services. But where we pull people in from are from the fringe services. So what I'm saying here, this discussion is about we're posting to Twitter. We don't get any feedback from Twitter. We don't get any uh, comments back in. We don't get any uh, feedback on the shows from Twitter. We don't get any new hosts from Twitter. But there's a a vast majority of people out there on Mastodon, listening to Mastodon and the Fediverse, those people... When I post about a HBR show, it gets boosted, it gets promoted, it gets shared. Like last week when we were on Hacker News, we got new uh, we got new people in who had never heard about us, and they never heard about us because we weren't on the other services, the niche yeah. services. Yeah, it's it's just a thought experiment that I would like to to you know just throw out there because um, being uh, for the last couple of years with my own company i i've i've helped a lot of uh, co- uh, smaller companies do digital communications uh, bringing their brand and bringing their business out there and it's always been about what do you want to do where's your client how do you reach them uh, where's your audience your your potential audience and it was just a, a thought experiment that i would like to 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 throw up there to 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 throw out there and 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 think about what do we actually want? I know that HBR is not about thousands of listeners, yet we do need an audience to generate more hosts. Uh, and then the question is, d- d- just uh, if if we find hosts through the niche platforms, by all means, we see, we should continue to to put it out there on the niche platforms. I just it it was just a little bit of a, of a thought exercise that I would like to do. Are we on the right channels? Are we using the right media to to um, get new content and new hosts. You know, I wonder if maybe um, I know a lot of people. What they do if they have an account on Twitter and they have an account on the Fediverse, what they'll usually do is that they'll use their Twitter as their main, and then they'll send over to they'll kind of um, I guess they use a a, a, a a reblogging service or reposting service where it, it posts to various social media. Um, and then they kind of, as a secondary, they send it over to the Fediverse, the same post that's on uh, Twitter, which kind of tends mm-hmm. to not work well. And people on the Fediverse kind of, they look, they don't look kindly to that uh, because they're looking at it kind of like a second, second class citizen. Uh, but maybe what, maybe what Hacker Public Radio could do is the opposite, is do the reverse, uh, use the Fediverse as the primary method for uh you know sharing about 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 episodes or about recording or about the or about hacker public radio in general and then kind of reblogging that over to twitter and you know if there's anybody gets a response you know anybody responds over there fine but now you're targeting the audience that is really interested those that are on the fediverse and if by chance you get anybody from twitter great uh i don't know if there's a way to do the opposite yeah, no problem. That's uh, that's what I'm trying to organize. And I think, don't get me wrong, Nightwise, I completely, I personally um, 
have opinions about free software and stuff, but that should not in any way stop HPR going beyond the reaches. But there's only so much you can do in a day. And we definitely want to be pushing HBR to other platforms. For example, we should be on Facebook video. We should be on YouTube. We should be on, we're on Spotify and all the rest of those ones because they take our feed, but we should be definitely exposing to more people. And Claudia, going back to what you say there, we, I see that by putting Mastodon as our, as our main, uh, it, our feedbot is coming from the general RSS feed anyway. So whether we post to Twitter or whether we post to Mastodon, um, it was going to be coming from the same database. So I'm not sure if people will perceive that as us copying the Twitter feed or not. What do you think? Okay, yeah, I see what you mean. No, no, I don't think they would. Um, yeah, I kind of missed it because I was, uh, my, my sons were leaving to go to the gym, so I was just kind of attending to them for a bit. No, no worries. Uh, but no, I don't think it would. I mean, if it's just an RSS feed that's you know pushing out to everything, um, you know, I don't think anybody's gonna look on that any other in any other way because there's like there's the uh, Hacker News has a, a bot that posts stuff that you know basically an RSS feed of the of the uh, Hacker News page. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, it wouldn't be any different than that. I would I would imagine. Yeah, no. I, I totally agree about the, the broadcasting. Please let us broadcast on as many channels as we can. I'm I'm thinking more about the interaction with the community, where we might, aside from having a narrow niche funnel with a high content, with a high success rate, you know, the people from the Fediverse that that mm-hmm. generally deliver the co-hosts, also have, uh, I don't know, a Discord server or something. I don't know if we're there, I might have missed it, but perhaps for people who don't know us, who don't um, know the community, don't a generation who that we're getting old guys doesn't know what IRC is. Maybe that's yeah. the way they'll find us. We're not stuck in IRC. We happen to have an IRC thing. So please, you know, the, I'm, I'm getting the feeling that, oh, HPR is old and crusty because we use tried and true technology as well as the latest Blink stuff. Don't forget we are using the latest Blink stuff. It's just we're not picking up traction on the latest Blink stuff. So if there are people... And feel feel free to volunteer yourself who wants to set up a discourse server and wants to maintain and manage that. I'm absolutely fine with that. I will join it myself. But it's yeah, I, I not totally, something I, we need. HBR is a volunteer organization. If somebody has the expertise, post it to the mailing list. I can I imagine there will be no objection to it. And, and here, then and we're here is, on discourse. Here, yeah, here is the other word that sounds very ancient mailing list i'm i'm not i'm not trying to agitate people i'm just trying to to uh i think you to, are i think i know I really think yes you are yes cause... i am but but it's it's good i mean it's good to think about it if the answer is going to be no we're fine then it's fine but it's also nice to just pose the question once in a while okay if you want to poke me with a stick that's absolutely <laughs> fine because let's just take that off the uh off the here let's just assume we're both agreeing that if from the point of view of HPR, if there's any service that uh, people want us to be on, we can be on it. But you need to be uh, to assist us with that. And the general rule of thumb that we have given down through the years is if you're going to be assisting HPR, you need to commit to at least two years of doing that. And the reason for doing that is so that uh, if ever you pod fade or get tired or whatever, there's enough time for the other volunteers to... Uh, 
be able to pick up the experience and to learn the code or whatever it is that you magic glue that you have put together so that we can take over from you if ever you step away from the project if you can't commit two years to us then it's kind of pointless in the long-term project like this so putting that aside for a moment walk over to you here and poke you back with a stick the reason we use irc is and a mailing list is that it's been around uh since this project has started we have seen google uh google one uh come and go we've seen google reader come and go we've seen several uh face um microservices that were going to be the latest thing that we built and integrated with suddenly disappear after only five years of service and we're continuing on 15 years later still going on and the old reliable services continue to be there because still, of the very fact work. that yes. they're old and reliable what is this I, course I, more than an, a glorified uh, a GUI version of IRC? IRC. <laughs> I totally get it. I mean, uh, I've been preaching this for for a while. Uh, when it comes to please don't stop running your own blog. I mean, don't don't completely commit to the Googles and the YouTubes and the Facebooks of this world because if they change the rules, you're basically screwed. That's absolutely true, and I think that the the self-hosted things that we do have value and we should continue to do them just to give a counterweight to a popular culture that right now just says, you know, I create a login and a password to whatever and I have it, but I am completely dependent on an, on some corporate goon who can decide whatever he wants tomorrow. I mean, if I, I, I see businesses here, small businesses, if Google kicks them off tomorrow, they can, or if Facebook kicks them out tomorrow, they can kind of close up shop when it comes to marketing. So I, I completely agree on our self, uh, self-hosted self and tried and true um, traditional technologies. I absolutely, they are still there and they still work and I completely agree. But I just think it's fun to, to I don't know, poke the monkey from time to time and think about it uh, and have a discussion like this. I mean, I, I, I think it's very productive. I I would argue the point here that there's limited resources and that if people want to do something on HPR, you need to step up and volunteer and do it. You'll get the support from us. Absolutely. And and I think that aside, uh, with that in mind, we also, we, we continually need to look for new talent and new hosts and and uh, and, and um, um, new insights. Sorry, just got uh, distracted there by the kids. Did I miss? No, no. Uh, I was just saying that I, I completely agree with the fact that because HBR requires so much effort, I mean, there's a lot of energy that goes into it. We we should put getting new hosts and getting fresh blood into into the community as a as a high standard, not to yep. end up be- becoming grumpy old men who who yell, "Get off my lawn!" That would be bad. Entertaining, no, but bad. No, we're quite. Uh, I mean, we have. Let me have a look and see how many new hosts we had this year. John Culp, could you please turn on push to talk, please? I uh, I, I can't. How how do I do it? Go into to configure your server settings. Hang on. You create a shortcut for a key to turn on your mic. And I've got to hold that if I'm going to speak. Walk docket style. Yeah, my God. Maybe I'll get out of here. <laughs> no. Just. No, stay. It's fun. It's walkie-talkie. You say over when you're done. Over. Over, under. <laughs> Classic movie. Uh, Speaking. Somebody forgot to welcome the new 
New Year. Greetings to Japan. That somebody would be you. And six more in Tokyo, Seoul, Hyunjin, <laughs> Bill. That was about six months ago. Nine minutes, the next one. Hi, John. Didn't see you there, by the way. Hey, Ken. Um, I was just trying to figure out how to make eSpeak not tell me that I had unmuted or muted myself. I think I've got it now. John, you don't text to speech. John, you don't have to mute yourself. You, you just turn on the push to talk option and set up a shortcut key on your keyboard. Yeah, I'm aware of that. However, um, the the shortcut keys that seem to be available, um, they like I I've got repetitive strain injury problems, and I don't want to keep having to push uh, a key to do this. So I'm just using my clicker to click on them because I have multiple ways to. Um, do user input here if I'm clicking instead of using a keystroke. Okay, I understand. Cool. By the way, speaking of old technology, I've I've uh, I've had some fun the last couple of days uh, restoring a G4 uh, Mac with classic Lucas Arts games. That was also a, a nice exercise in patience, though. Nice, very very nice. I, it, where did you post that? I know I saw you post something uh, on that. Uh, and I'm not on Facebook. I'm not on on any on, on Twitter. So it must have been somewhere else that I saw you post it. I think I put something on, on our Discord or something. I'm not really sure. Um, but uh, I've been playing around with it. It's kind of like slow coffee opposed to espresso where you have to wait for the coffee to drip through and kind of enjoy the moment. It's the same thing. It's slow. It's tedious. But there is so much software out there that you can just download and, and install that has been forgotten and abandoned. Uh, it's, it's great. Yeah, I have to do something. Um, I have to, at least with the time I have left, <laughs> I've had two weeks off uh, since I worked for the school system. Uh, you know, the students have winter break, and so all the employees do as well, and it's paid. So I was like, oh, I'm going to do something with some of the, my old equipment. But I, I kind of did. I kind of did. I have a Power Mac G5 that I, I wanted to get working again because it, I, it had um, it had an un, an unsupported port of Debian, but uh, Debian SID, and I had used it. I would say maybe two years ago uh, before I moved, and I was doing some music stuff on it, and then I I stopped using it because I just didn't have space to use it. So it, it had been in storage for a while. I brought it back maybe about a month ago. I got it sort of updated. It was, it was, I mean, being two years behind on an unsupported port, it was um, a bit of a mission to get it updated. And then I think I kind of broke it. But then, and, and I stopped after a while for maybe a few weeks up until last week where I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this thing working. So I was able to update it. It seems to be temperamental. Some days it'll boot to the GUI. Some days it won't boot to the GUI. Other days it'll just give me command, you know, the 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 command line login. And I don't know, but it's it's working and it's updated. So, uh, but I do have um, I do have my Quadro 650, and I have a Motorola StarMax 4000, which was one of the old uh, PowerPC Mac clones from the 90s, mid 90s, late 90s, and I have actually installed BOS on that one. So it's running the PowerPC version, uh, BOS Professional 5 dot something. I don't remember what it is, but 
very hard to find software for it. <laughs> That's for sure. I went for, um, I think there's a site called MacintoshGarden.org that gives you the all of the images of the software, including the operating system. So I did an, a, a, an original, authentic reinstall of OS 9. Uh, that works. That works great. I also have a G5 lying around, but I was thinking of putting Linux on it because I have an older 2009 iMac uh, lying around. I yanked out the, uh, the the spinning disk, put in an SSD, extra RAM. It's now running Raspbian, fantastic device. Uh, but I was thinking of of uh, indeed getting a, a G3, G4, G5 running with Linux. But I don't think that the ports are supported anymore. There's no longer a PPC supported version of Ubuntu or Debian, is there? Well, Ubuntu, no, but Debian, there is. Um, I'll find the link and I'll post it in the chat. Uh, they have it's based on SID, so it's going to be uh, it's going to be a bit rough. Things will break, but you know, at least you'll be on the latest kernel. Uh, and not everything works. So, like, I'm trying to get Firefox running, and I don't know if it's just my Mac or or what, but every time I try to launch Firefox, it runs for a bit. And then it crashes, and then I can't run it on anymore until I delete the config files for uh, Firefox, and then it just repeats the same thing. So I'll I, what I have installed is NetSurf and Lynx. Um, there's no Chromium, so it's it's very you know it's very hit or miss with that. Uh, what I do know is that the BSDs do support the PowerPC still, the big Indian PowerPCs because. Debian does support PowerPC, but the little ending ones, so like the Power9 stuff, the server kind of stuff. Yeah, I was thinking, uh, I've, I think I can get my hands on an older G3 first-generation iMac, and I'm, I'd be fine just running a command line interface. That would be, that'd be nice as well. It's basically, uh, I don't know, put some music on there, to turn it into an audio player. I have uh, the other G4 iMac I have in the studio where we broadcast the webinars it's basically in the background in 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 the decor uh doing a slideshow so they don't have to be you know uh cutting edge productive but just you know to have them do something that would be nice i'd like to send out a notification to everybody to please post your show notes in the etherpad site yo i'm sorry i've tried to do the push to talk thing and something is not applying properly I get it said. It says that the certain key that I've chosen is enabled, but then when I get in here, my lips just turn red without pushing the button. So I don't know what I'm doing wrong here. Look under the configure menu and make sure text to speech is not selected. It's not. It is not selected under settings. I go to shortcuts, right? Function push to talk. I've chosen alt right and it says it's fine but is, it's not is transmission set to push to talk yep well transmission where's transmission under the audio input okay hang on hang on and make sure oh. you have make sure you have the advanced advanced, there we go. advanced button selected down at the bottom okay working now Ooh, thank you i need somebody I, I had not checked the transmission push to talk button that's why it was not working right my apologies i don't use mumble very often it's been Two years probably since the last time I've used it. It's not a problem. It's just when you don't have that turned on, sometimes it causes interference with other people while they're talking. I, I am well aware of the issues. Um, I might chime in on the Mac G4 topic. Um, I've got one over there 
and uh, for a couple of years it has functioned as a beautiful just case on the floor with all of the guts ripped out because I, I like the way it looks and I didn't want to just throw it away. And so now, <laughs> now it is a, uh, it's a, it's a coffee table. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> all right. It is beautiful with its guts ripped out. I, I must say there are, there are, there are still beautiful things. I mean, I've, I've even thought of getting one of those, um, towers the desktops uh yanking everything out just throwing all of my raspberry pies in there and then closing it up and putting a lead light in it and going like there it's a computer it's nice now that's pretty much what i, I actually had a raspberry pi in there for a while i had a uh, my ethernet switch and it hit a bunch of cables and a power supply like a, a, a power strip and uh, i just jammed a bunch of stuff in there and then closed it up um this is this is the desktop case you know it's the tower thing with the kind of curved molded plastic sides and the big apple logo on the side i think i picked it up at goodwill for about 10 bucks years ago and used it as a computer for a little while but then it just it didn't perform well enough and so i ripped everything out and just i like the case the apple makes really nice looking cases so now it serves the purpose of holding my coffee while i'm reading i need to convince my wife that we need a coffee table that looks like a Mac, maybe two of them and then just a plexiglass sheet in between. And then, yeah, that'd be nice. The, the, <laughs> the, the, the upside is I can, I go to the thrift store from, from time to time or to their local recycling center. And I do a heist because uh, at the local recycling center, you're not allowed to take anything home. And I love just you know, looking in the bins and seeing what's in there. And I've brought, I've brought, sometimes I bring more home than I take to the recycling center and my wife always gets annoyed. <laughs> but I have found the most beautiful things. I mean, it's amazing what people throw out. Indeed. Um, you know, I, I'm at a point in my life and my career where I make a decent salary, but I still haunt the thrift stores just because of, um, you know, I, I don't see why I should pay more for something when I can get it for quite a lot less. Um, so I just I Let just dropped the link. It. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna do the greetings and happy new year to Western Australia and Australia. You 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 class at ten fifteen a.m. Eastern time, which was about two months ago. Happy New Year to everyone there. So yeah, I I dropped a URL in the chat. Uh, it goes to cdimage.debian.org slash cdimage slash ports slash snapshots slash 2020-12-03 that is the snapshot as of that date for the debian installer for um a few ports that are not supported they're unofficially supported i I guess you could say they're unofficial ports uh so you have there for alpha for the pa risk uh hp pa risk cpu uh itanium the the motorola 68k platform 32-bit and 64-bit PowerPC and Sparse 64. All right. Use at your own risk. <laughs> so, Claudio, Which... I, see on Mastodon, I see on Mastodon that you bought a Pine phone. Actually, that was given to me by a friend that uh, he DJs uh, from time to time over on uh, Tilda Radio. And uh, he sent it to me. He told me he had one. And if I was interested, I was like, yeah, sure. And I said, you know, I'll pay. What, what do you want for it? He was like, no, I'll send it to you. So, you know, it's been sitting, it's just been collecting dust uh, were here with me, so I'll send it to you. I'm like, well, at least let me cover for shipping. I was like, no, no, just don't worry about it. So I was like, okay, this is a, a, a little a belated uh, birthday gift from earlier this month. So I was like, all right. Uh, just recently bought a battery for it because th- that's the only thing. It didn't have a battery. 
So I bought a battery for it that's compatible with the Samsung Galaxy J7, I guess it is, or J7, the 2015 model. Um, and I have it there. It's I've been playing around with it. Um, it, it this is the post-market OS community edition uh, with the Fosh PH OS interface, and um, it's 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 intriguing. It's intriguing. It is rough around the edges, in my opinion, though, to try and use. Uh, I don't know if I'd use it as a daily driver, but um, I've been thinking of reflashing it with the um, kind of their uh, edge version of the OS, but with Plasma Mobile as the interface to see what that's like. Are you going to flash it or just get an SD card and uh, pop it in there and try something else? Yeah, I have an, I'm, of the, all the SD cards I've got, I'm sure I can use one of them <laughs> and just at least to run it that way and then, you know, flash it over to the EMMC uh, to try and use it that way. Well, uh, there's also somebody came out with a, uh, a multi-boot image that has like, I want to say it was like eight different uh, operating systems on it that you can try out. Everything between all of the variants of post-market ROS to um, uh, Arch Linux Arm, Mobian, um, was it uh, Sailfish OS, um, all sorts of ones that you can try out that you can flash onto an SD card and use. But you're right. I I got one. I got the uh, the UB ports one, and it's it's a really fun device. But it's definitely not close to being able to to be a daily driver just yet. As um, I, I played around with the uh, Fairphone this year uh, to review for a customer, I was running Android, but it is uh, something that it's more open on the hardware side, where you can completely swap out the uh, components, and they're all made kind of like you know um, durable and and uh, aware. Of, of both the environment uh, and, and the people that, that build it and stuff. But that's not the same thing, is it? No, um, but uh, yeah. from my understanding, the, the, the Pine community is coming up with ways that you can swap out some of the components. I know they come up with a uh, newer motherboard that you can swap into it, and they're talking about different ways to put like a battery pack on the back, and then they have like, a battery type thing where... Uh, they're looking into like a slide out keyboard for it as well. There's all sorts of things that they get that they're doing with it. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, one of the things that I saw with the Fairphone. You can basically, if you get a screwdriver with it, by the way, and you can almost completely take it apart and and swap out the uh, the parts yourself. The problem with the Pine Phone or sorry, Fairphone is that they have binary blobs in there, and now they're earlier phones are completely useless because uh, the source code for the binary blobs weren't released and they have mentioned that that was a, an oversight Too that bad. they were warned about at the time but they didn't do anything about it. Do you know by the way Ken that that's a, that's a Dutch company that makes it? Yeah and I, I think it's very disappointing that uh, that, that happened um, but that, and that's an issue that the uh, Pine 64 has been struggling with, is trying to get manufacturers to release their binary blobs. I think it's a measure of how little I've followed this kind of thing that I'd never even heard of the Pine phone until you guys mentioned it just now. Well, if you go to Birmingham, you can pick up mine. <laughs> no, thanks. I'm good. I'm just going to drop off again while I read the privacy statements of bots in space. Okay, bots I'm in gonna... space, is that a, like a novel or something? No, it's it's uh, it's uh, who posted it in there? Uh, yeah, John. No, that was me. I posted Archer seventy two. Yeah, or Archer seventy two did. Yeah, yeah. It's I was looking for a um, 
an entry into the Fediverse for a bot, and uh, <laughs> Archer72 had the link. Bots in space. Perfect domain name for HBR. Back in a bit. See you again. Oh, by the way, um, did anyone catch Enigma's latest show about uh, building a, a server where we can all drop off code and content and exchange it that way? I, I have not heard that. When was that? Uh, I listened to it this morning, so I think it's one of the latest shows. I'll, I'll confess, I've hardly listened to any shows in the last eight or nine months. Uh, I mean, there was a time where I was posting shows all the time, and then uh, pandemic happened, and I've never been busier uh, because of the position I hold at the university, and I've, I, I can't even listen to the shows now. I totally, I totally understand that. I went like, no more commutes. I'm going to have so much time to listen to podcasts. And that, well, basically didn't happen. Uh, the time I went out with no more commutes uh, has been eaten up by more work. Uh, that could definitely just, happen. Ju- just listen at 5x speed and you'll catch up real quick. <laughs> I, yeah, listen, yeah, yeah. I listen at 1.7 already. And that's, uh, I mean, I could listen at two times. That'd be my max. Yeah, same for me. Uh, the funny thing, though, is when I listen to everybody at normal speed, everyone sounds like they're drunk. Uh, exactly, yeah. Everybody is. <laughs> hey, that's a good way to hide it, too. Oh, by the way, that would be show HBR 3239, Community Project Proposal by Enigma. Yeah, I saw a mention of that on... Uh, I, I think I saw it, yeah, it's an episode. I, I have yet to listen to it. I have it on my podcast. Hey guys, I'm gonna drop off for a bit. I'll be back in a couple of hours. Uh, have have fun till then. See ya. Take it easy, Nightwise. If I don't see you, happy New Year. Uh, still uh, about five, seven hours to go here, so uh, we'll be fine. <laughs> We're not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Just in case I don't get back by the time it's you know I, I get to talk to you again. Just have a happy New Year. All right, Roger, Roger. Same things. Bye. Claudio, are you in Miami? Do I recall that correctly? Yes, I'm in Miami, Florida. Okay. Seems like I can recall seeing your username going back many, many years. Were you part of the Linux Outlaws crowd way back in the day? No, but I was a co-host on Linux Basement with uh, Chad Wallenberg. Okay. I, I don't know that I ever listened to that one. Maybe I saw you on Identica. Yes, I was on Identica, too. And you didn't miss much with Linux Basement. <laughs> <laughs> and you're in Chad and I tend to be self-deprecating when it comes to that podcast. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I know Chad. Claudio, you're involved in some kind of music production too, right? Yeah, just as a hobby. Um, I uh, have a, a small setup. I have... Well, right now, soon I should be setting everything up again the way I had it. Uh, I have uh, an old Kawhi K4 synth. Uh, that was my first ProSynth, I guess you could say. And uh, in 2005, I got myself a Yamaha S08, the weighted full 88 keys. And that's been my go-to since. And with that, I use my Linux laptop. Uh, I run Fedora, and I've got some music apps on there. Uh, I, I have, I've been using Q-Tractor, I've been using Hydrogen, uh, some software synths like AMSynth. Um, what's the other, Yoshimi. Just recently I was playing around with Odin 2, which is amazing. Um, and I've been looking at giving Ardor a uh, shot uh, since it's, it now has MIDI support, so I might be able to do what Q-Tractor has been doing for me. And I can overcome some of the some of the issues I'm having with Q-Tractor still. 
Uh, as a matter of fact, I, I just or, or Pat uh, Pat Davila from the Linux Link Tech Show had uploaded an episode where he and I discussed the state of Linux audio in 2020. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Oh yeah, I, that's uh, cool. That's cool. I was gonna give that a quick listen last night, and uh, just before going to sleep, it's like, oh, this should be like what five minutes, and then it says 52 minutes. Okay, I'll save it for later. <laughs> yeah, I rambled quite a bit. <laughs> hey guys, what's up? Howdy. Well, hello there. Happy pre-New Year. I said I said Linux Link Tech Show, and then you shut up, Joe. Awesome. Uh, I missed yesterday's, and then I missed last week's. Well, I think that can be forgiven given the uh, holiday season, the, the time of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Yesterday, I had a Zoom party with friends that I haven't seen all year, and then last week was Christmas. Yeah, it's I'm been sure a rather Joel quiet uh, about his house. <laughs> yeah. When's the finishing date on that again? Uh, I think they moved it back to like 2038. Just in time for the Unix <laughs> uh, <laughs> a, a, a disaster. Yeah. Is that the end of the 32-bit era? Yeah. Yeah, that's. Not I think we might see that happen before we see Joel in the house. Yeah, I still have the I have yesterday's uh, Linux Link Tech show still waiting to be listened to on my podcatcher. I haven't I haven't even started. I've just jumped in uh, here to chit chat with all you. Yeah, I just woke up a few minutes ago. I, I still have a lovely hangover from last night's Zoom party. So it's really disconcerting how quiet it gets when everyone's microphones are are uh, off. I wonder if that has something to do with those who have been involved with audio and kind of tend to cringe at just utter Open silence. <laughs> I think we've all gotten used to uh, muting ourselves now. I mean, I've, I've had hundreds of Zoom meetings in the last nine months, and pretty much everyone now knows to turn your mic off uh, when you're in a meeting. At, at first, it was pretty chaotic. I still have some coworkers that haven't learned that. Lately, with the, who doesn't turn off the mic is whoever the big boss in the room is. They usually leave their mic hot. The one running the meeting? Yeah, or else the highest-ranking person in the meeting, the provost to the university or something like that. You know. No, half the time still my supervisor has to tell some of the other people on the, on the, on the uh, conference at, to mute their mic. Yeah, it's pretty once, sad. At least once during a conference, it's, um, everybody, please mute your mics. Well, I'm hoping that, uh, so I, I don't know if, uh, I mentioned, I think a little bit on my recent episode that I'm starting a new job basically tomorrow at the university. I've, I've been the director of the school of music and performing arts for the last five years after 15 years as just music faculty. And then, uh, starting tomorrow, I'm going to be the interim associate dean at the college level. So I'm step higher up in administration. Congratulations. But, uh, uh, congratulations. I guess, yeah. I, I still don't know exactly what the job will entail, but I know that I will go from having about 60 people reporting to me to having zero reporting to me, which I think could be a welcome relief. Yeah, I was about to say, to associate dean level and, and have less people reporting to you. Well, it, it's that the the associate dean is kind of like the right hand man to the dean. And uh, the oh, dean. So you're handling dean, all the people that are reporting to the dean. Well, not real. I mean, I'm not directly in the reporting structure. It's a it's a kind of a mid level administrative position that uh, 
handles things, represents the college at various on committees on campus and at events and stands in for the dean, has signatory power like the dean in the dean's absence. But there's not that many people reporting. I, I don't think anybody reports directly to me. I mean, the dean only has, what, seven or eight people reporting directly to him. And then each department head and director has a lot under them. I don't know. Anyway, I, I feel like I could be totally wrong about this, but I feel like my headaches will go down as a result of this um, change in position. Because one thing I learned about uh, being the director slash department head is that whenever there's a problem in the School of Music, it's my problem. <laughs> At first, I didn't understand this, and I kept asking, is this my problem? And the answer was always, yes, it's my problem. Perhaps an upshot of the change in position will mean I can record episodes for HPR again. I don't know. We will see. I've got a list of topics, and uh, it's a matter of sitting down and doing it. Well, if you end up with more free time due to your new position, just do more podcasts. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's certain things. Somebody on my um, Twitter feed today posted a message like, uh, okay, so I finally took care of this thing that's been on my to-do list since March. It took me five minutes. You know, I've got a number of things of that kind that I started way back in March and didn't finish that if I just did them, it wouldn't take very long. And, um, you know, recording a podcast takes a little longer than five minutes, but it, most of the time it doesn't take more than an hour. Depends and, on the podcast. Uh, it, it does depend on the podcast. I've, I've gotten good enough at it where I can, I can usually take care of the entire process in less than an hour. As long as you have all your settings dialed in and you're the only person in the room, then yeah, five minutes. <laughs> yeah. I, I do not typically do co-hosted ones, although I've done a handful, a couple with, uh, one with Windigo, one with NY Bill, a couple with, um, with Dave Morris, but um, typically I go solo. Well, add this one to the mix because uh, <laughs> you're co-hosting right now. Ah, okay, okay. I hope my audio level is not too high. No, you sound good. Excellent. I tried to to check on it beforehand going into my volume controls. It looks like it registers but will not uh, distort and clip. So hopefully it's going to be okay. Well, you can always join um, Tilts and what, um, Linux Lugcast. I'll let anybody on those shows, I swear. <laughs> if you're going to go on Linux and Link Tech Show, just make sure to turn up your gain so you blow everyone's ears out, all right? Right, and make is, sure is that the protocol. Make sure every that's time a, Joel that's talks, a, that's you have something required. to say over top of him. So you step on toes and you turn it up really loud. The toes you step on is Joel's toes. <laughs> okay, that's not hard. Poor to do. Joel. Everyone rags on him. <laughs> well, that's because you know he has the same three topics, and they get kind of boring. I mean, it's either his house. His CPAP machine, and I know I'm almost as bad because I talked to Joel about those things, but um, his house, his CPAP machine, and um, his new position at work. Uh, what about 3D Sorry, printing? I... You missed that one. Oh, uh, <laughs> we haven't talked about 3D printing in a while, or at least Joel hasn't, um, at least not much. You know what I do miss from the show? I miss the bets that everyone took on uh, what Joel had for dinner. He hasn't been showing up late, or at least not that late. But yeah, that used to be fun. We used to have more people on the pre-show, too. I mean, Rich hasn't been coming on as much, and so it's usually me, Pat, and Dan. Man, I've been listening to Tilts. Jeez, when was the first time I listened? I think it was around 
maybe 2005. I've been listening since around then. Not since the early days. I think that the episode that got me hooked on the show was the RMS episode. And that was before my time. That was before I started listening. But I heard that and I said, oh, I got to check this out. <laughs> kind of randomly ended up on there in 2016. I don't think I've ever heard it. I've heard of it. And I might have tried to listen to an episode, but I think that might be one of the podcasts where I was turned off by the uneven audio quality. Yeah. There's not a lot of post-processing to it. Political quality. <laughs> or Dan compiling a kernel during the show or playing a game during the show. Or... <laughs> no, that was, that's no, fine. It's, it's not usually Dan playing um, a game during the show. It's uh, Joel's son. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. Dan hasn't been doing that, but I remember there was a time where, and it's, it's like legendary now, that Dan had was compiling a kernel during the show, and yeah. everything just died. Of course, he could get on and uh, and, and, and verify all of that, because I, I know I'm wrong on something I'm, about regarding that. I'm pretty sure he's planning on being on sometime today. Probably Joel, too. Which Dan is this? I, the only Dan I know related Washco. to Linux podcasts is okay. I've heard I've heard of him. Uh, yeah, there's Dan Washko and Dan Fry. Um, Dan, Dan, Dan Lynch Fry hasn't been on lately. Yeah, he's uh, he used he was doing the um, he was doing Floss Weekly for a while, but I haven't heard him on lately. Who Dan Lynch? Dan Lynch, yeah. Yeah, I I haven't really heard him since Linux Outlaws. Yeah, he had when, some health um, issues that took him away for a while, and but uh, now he's yeah. back. Oh, that's that's too bad. I, I'm glad to hear he's back. I always liked Dan very much. Gentle giant. Hey Ken, how you been? It's been a year. It's been a year. <laughs> that that sums it up all right. Yeah, it's been a year. I've been I've been good. Getting a bit uh, understanding what a prisoner might feel like locked in their cell all day. Yeah, it starts driving you batty after a while. But the nice thing is, is you know I can if it's not pouring rain i can get the bike and go biking at 2 a.m i started riding my recumbent bike again during the pandemic and it's been excellent i, I had not ridden it in a couple of years and it was left over at my other house I've, I've got a we got a new house and then we started renting the old one to someone else and i left my recumbent in the storage shed over there and then uh, one day I, I decided i'm gonna go get that and start riding because during the initial stages of the lockdown, like there was nobody on the roads. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, man, it's like the best thing on a bicycle is when there's nobody driving. Well, especially on a recumbent. Um, I, I'd be worried about riding one in, in my area around here because nobody gives a shit and they will run you over. Yeah. It's hard to see. And it's, I mean, I've got that, I've got that flag sticking up and waving around, but I still would not, I, I still try to stay off of any, big busy main roads um plus and um, recumbents are a little bit expensive i i built mine and uh it's like custom yeah designed well, and built or you i used the plans but there's i did a whole hpr episode about it maybe probably my most popular episode was the recumbent bike building episode i did that seven years ago maybe six or seven years ago so you could listen to it and check out the photos spawned, but spawned another series on uh, who else built? built yeah, there was on, another on, guy. Up. There was another guy who was who had got started on that anyway, and I keep waiting for a follow. And, and maybe I've just yeah, missed you finished it. it. Yeah, you missed it. I think. Yeah, that probably happened while I was uh, not paying attention. But I should go back and find that. It sounded very promising. 
But anyway, the, it, it didn't cost nearly as much to build it as to buy it. I think the total amount I spent was $300. That's not bad at all. And 140 of that was getting the powder coat done professionally. Brian in Ohio was the guy who did it. He just finished it. It's one of ah. the bicycle hacking series. Okay, I'll, I'll go check that out for sure. I definitely want to hear how that came out. My, mine still rides beautifully. And so I, I get out on the weekends and ride it for four or five miles. And it's uh, yeah. so comfortable. It's really fun. And uh, it's it's always a conversation piece, too. Um, so did you fabricate the parts or did you? No, they're hacked together from other bicycles. Okay. You, need, you take donor bicycles, cut them all up and put them back together in a different way and uh, braze weld them. There's a guy up in Wisconsin, I believe. I think it was Wisconsin or Wisconsin or Minnesota somewhere who has plans online. He calls it recycled recumbents and uh, he will build them, but he also just freely shared his plans. And so I took the plans and found a couple of donor bikes that I got for free and then picked up other bits and pieces here and there. And um, I I did it. it. It was Super fun, <laughs> and uh, it's made a bike that's really great to ride. Uh, I was just about to say hello to Lohan G, and uh, he dropped off. <laughs> but hello to Urugami. And I requested a, an account on bots in space. Uh, is K-Wish on right now? He sure yeah. is. Hey, K-Wish, how's it going? Doing good, how about yourself? I'm, like I said, a little hungover, but going pretty good. Been an interesting year. Yes, very interesting. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> is Honky on or just recording right now? Uh, he usually jumps on with uh, another session, Honky Magoo-Mobile, when he speaks. Okay. So going back a bit earlier in the conversation, I heard everybody talking about the, the Raspberry Pi 4 or the 400, I think it was. Anybody look at getting that? Oh, probably not anytime soon. For me, the kit is between 70 and $100. But I don't need another computer, as weird as that sounds, right now. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I looked at the 400, and I was like, oh boy, I, I really, really, the geek in me really wants this. Absolutely. But <laughs> it's just not a practical thing for me right now. Well, it's slightly po- more powerful than the 4, and yeah, it has a keyboard, or it's built into a keyboard, but... Other than that, how is it more useful than my 4? It only comes with the 4 gig of RAM. I can get a 4 with 8 gig of RAM. Yeah, I'm sure. I know there was talk about why they didn't didn't come out with an 8. I'm sure we'll see one later next year. Yeah. Or this year, if you're already in 2021. Got to keep the demand for it. Y'all, I'm going to take off. It's been fun hanging out for a little while. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy uh, New Year to you too, John. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, you bet. I'm going, to, I'm going to try to record more episodes in the new year. i got to have at least a couple to my name uh, in order to keep Ken off my back. <laughs> See y'all. Ken, you got it recorded, so uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. I think, um, yeah, with uh, regards to the Raspberry Pi, I'm, I haven't seen that 4,000 unit uh, locally in South Africa, but it sounds like it's a, it's a closed unit. Yeah, yeah. It's basically kind Does of like yeah, it's away. It, it it kind of looks like or it tries to resemble like a Commodore sixty four or Vic twenty like that. It, it's, it's basically a computer. Yeah, Amiga uh, or like the the old Atari computers. It's it's a computer inside of the keyboard itself. It does so kind of look like a smaller Atari six hundred. 
and it has I think it has a GPIO um, header exposed. Yes. Okay, so at least I didn't take away from the hackability of it. No, no, they wouldn't. I think it was all to satisfy uh, Ken Fallon's um, obsession with, you know, Raspberry Pi computers. There's still one thing that I want to try and build um, at some point, and I've seen it in some of the the white hat blogs um, where you take a Raspberry Pi, you install a, a GSM unit on it and then use it to bypass firewalls. So if you can have physical access to a building, you can connect via GPRS and then you're basically on the local network. Uh, I think that sounds like a fun project. Wait, sorry, how do you bypass the firewall then? You're just going through another network then, or? Yeah, so basically from external, you are blocked with firewalls, so you cannot access the, the local area network. But if you have access to the building, you can install this device on a network port, and then um, from your machine, you just connect to the GPRS um, IP address with uh, SSH. And then you basically use the Ethernet port that's connected to the LAN to navigate the, the local network. On SSH bridge. Yeah, basically like that. That's kind of what I'm doing with my old, uh, one of the, the Raspberry Pi Model B. So that's the version one Model B. Uh, I got NetBSD on it and it works quite well. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting if you uh, can walk into a client's building. We have to do some testing and then, uh, you present them with this, with a report saying that, listen, your firewall is set up good, everything's fine, but by the way, um, I do have access to your local network, and this is how. It's time to look at your your physical security as well. Yeah, I'm not sure how well they will take that. Well, if they pay you to find flaws, and you give them a flaw, then um, at least they can address it. Yeah, I guess. All right, guys, I'm going to jump off as well. Uh, we're going to go to a barbecue with some friends. Um, I'll probably be back in about five hours from now. Mm, barbecue. <laughs> Enjoy and happy Enjoy new year. And happy new year. Happy new year. Thank, thank happy new year. Thanks, thank you, you guys. Um, yeah, in South Africa, we call it a braai. All right, I'm going to leave myself logged in, but I'll be back in a few minutes. Yeah, I think I'm going to drop off for a little bit. I'll, I'll try and be back later. I want to see if I hit the gym before anything. Um, and then just got to take care of a couple of things here. Sure. Have a nice one. If by chance I'm not back in time, happy new year to you all. But I, but I, I think I'll be back. <laughs> happy new year, Claudio. Likewise. Okay. We need to say happy year, new year and greetings to China and 12 more. Beijing, Hong Kong, Manila, Singapore. Happy new year. Is anybody else excited for the Doctor Who special? Take that as a just me. I just watched. I didn't watch the last season yet, latest season. Was what was the name of the special? Something Revolution of the Daleks or something? Yeah, I'm checking right now to see what time it's going to be available. Like big Dalek specials are always fun. Yeah, two of the companions are leaving. Sorry. Two of the companions are leaving. Oh no. Nope, we can't hear you. Looks like your mic is muted. No, uh, that's John Pertwee. You spelled it wrong. 6.45 p.m. Hello. Hey, what's up? Not much. Just trying to get uh, <laughs> Archer figured out here. Uh, How's it going, Joe? Not bad. Debating what I want to eat for breakfast. That tends to be a 
simple decision for me. Hmm. Better now? Yep. Yeah. Okay, I had it on the inter- uh, laptop microphone. Well, glad you got it fixed. Thanks. So how's it going? Good. I was trying to tell uh, the synopsis of Heroes because then nobody else was on. <laughs> They're all dead. I'm still in the morning brain fog. My wonderful wife let me sleep in, and I slept in entirely too late. My wife went off to work. They don't let her off on New Year's Eve. That is unfortunate. So that leaves me home with the cat and the dog. It could be worse. The dog sleeps all day anyways, so it doesn't matter. And the cat hasn't bothered me except for food. Can you can you send your dog to s- teach my dog how to just do that? Because mine is just a ball of blah all the, all the time. How big is your dog? He's a little terrier mix. Oh, she's a corgi. Yeah, she- this was this was a stray that just showed up at our house, and we took in, and he's uh, the 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 vet thinks he's meh, a little over a year old, but he is definitely still puppy. We rescued her, and she's ten years old, and so she's she's pretty quiet now. And the cat is a cranky old man. He's seven, but he acts like he's older. Yeah, our cat is. Uh, it has to be 105 at this point. He has like two good teeth and um, just will not tolerate the dog at all. <laughs> it's kind of funny to watch them because the dog thinks that when the cat smacks him upside the head that they're just playing and they're really not. Yeah, it's a love-hate relationship here too. It's funny, they'll sleep on the bed together, but then they'll fight like all cats and dogs. Well, it's funny because we uh, the, the cat was another thing that we just took in, um, but we got him after he was declawed as an adult, which is a big no-no. Um, and so he doesn't have any claws, so it does just look like he's playing, but he's trying as hard as he can to knock that dog out, and he just can't do it. <laughs> so when I thought I was unmuted, I was talking about how my only entertainment is a Cody box, and I recently got to put a 8-terabyte drive on it. Nice. I used to have a Cody box, but um, it did not often pass the approval of the spouse. So <laughs> I had to eventually take it out, and she she just does regular TV stuff now. But um, I enjoyed it a lot. I don't even use it directly on the TV that much anymore. I just stream to my laptop. I can't yeah, stand it. I, I almost never watch anything on an actual TV. No, usually a small screen. I'll sit in my bedroom and uh, watch the end of a show by there. Yeah, that's been part of my project while I've been off for a month is trying to catch up on TV shows that I woefully fell behind on. That's me too. I don't have any modern shows because I don't have broadcast TV. Yeah, everything I've been watching has been through Netflix or uh, Disney+. Plus. <laughs> that's pretty much uh, most of the things that I want to watch are on those two services. Disney Plus for Mandalorian or anything else? Yeah, Mandalorian is is the big thing. But um, we have a two year old, so Disney Plus is right up her alley. <laughs> it uh, it it it. She's a she's a huge Mickey fan, so that that works out to our benefit. And I like just when I want something on that's not something I need to pay attention to, like ninety Spider Man or X Men cartoons are just perfect for that. Audio test. Hey, we got sound. Hey. Hello. Good. Problem solved. Yeah, it was transmission in the configurations. I was uh, voice activity or push to talk. This is continuous. So push to talk wasn't working? True. That's less than helpful? I'll just use the mute button. Cool. 
I'd like to say I owe you a show. Um, I started recording things, but I need to edit things together. That's cool. We always like new shows. And don't feel bad. I've got like five of them on my hard drive that I need to get ready, including one I'm about to record. And it looks like Claudio's in here, but he's not. But it's going to be my um, reaction to his last one about Linux Audio. Introductions. Uh, yeah, I need to. Yeah, I need to edit. It's hard to know what people will be interested in, and I can go off on tangents. That's fine. We like tangents. Yeah, I was going to say best not even concern yourself with that. Just put it out. <laughs> like, um, it's it's amazing how much sometimes somebody will post a show about a thing. And where they go is more interesting than the original topic of their episode. So, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't concern myself too much about that. Um, but a, a show is better than no show. I'll do it. I mean, I appreciate what I've been hearing from people. You know, it's encouraging. Yeah, we're all just figuring it out as we go. So, <laughs> don't no, don't concern yourself too much with quality or any of that stuff. Hey, Taj, how's he doing? Hey, what's up, Honky? Just sitting here fighting with. Jack. Oh yeah. Yeah. Me, me, and Linux Audio are not getting along real well right now. Really? What made you uh, want to play with Jack? So, um, basically, it's kind of a, a, a. I'm calling it a secret project, although it's not a secret project. Um, anybody who knows who I hang out with, what I'm doing recently, probably can figure it out. I was asked to write some music for a show, and um, I haven't composed anything really since I made the move to Linux because Linux audio is a dumpster fire. And so I was like, okay, this is the excuse to kind of get back into it. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a mess. <laughs> Just trying to get things back to trying to get things to a place where I can't write is uh, troubling. From my understanding, uh, Ubuntu studio is supposed to be really good with just the fact of the way they have Jack set up and there is a uh, certain version of the Linux kernel that really plays well with the audio I believe I'm again I'm not I'm not very well versed in uh Linux audio but that's what I've heard Yeah you can use a real time kernel I mean for me it's Archer didn't happen uh, <laughs> or an Archer derivative and it didn't happen um but um yeah, I mean, I could get it to sort of work. It's just the... So when I was doing like this professionally and doing it all the time, I was using Macs because that's kind of what we learned in school and it was the industry standard. And it's just nice that everything auto-routes or, you know... The the only problem is that sometimes you want it to route a certain way and it won't. Um, but with this, you have to explicitly patch everything the way you want it. And sometimes it's like, I don't want to spend 15 minutes patching everything together. I just want to sit down and get ideas out. Um, and I'm just not to the point where that's fluid enough. Um, and in the past, that's what stopped me from doing it is I'll have an idea or I'll have like all my little doodles that I have that I've written down to, to like play with. And I'll sit down at the keyboard and try to get it in the computer. And it's just like, ugh, I got to spend 20 minutes patching everything together to talk to the, the, DAW or to talk to MuseScore to put it in, and it's uh, it, that's that's been the barrier to entry. Now that I have an excuse to do it, I mean, I'm doing it, but it is still frustrating. Yeah, I understand that. It, it's one of those like I like the power aspect of it. I like that it is so 
intricate and it's it's really sort of a power user thing but sometimes i don't want a power user thing i just want it to work but a lot of audio stuff for linux requires jack and so you have to jump through that hoop maybe once i get all my presets done and and set it'll be a lot easier yeah everybody i talk to has always been meaning to learn jack or meaning to set up jack and then i don't know of anybody that actually has become an expert in jack it seems like people pretty much what i just said from from looking around if people poke around at it until they get to work what they want to work and then they just that that's all for them they go with it because it's like okay i got it to work just don't touch it don't breathe in the direction of it and then everything will just function the way it should um there's lots of people online that have tutorials and stuff but the problem is is if you're using you know this distro or that distro it seems like things are very um particular like there's a there's really two jack control programs there's qjack control which is sort of the uh that's the hardcore power user one where nothing is configured when you open it up and then there's cadence and I spent a whole day trying to get cadence to work because it's more user friendly and it just wouldn't talk to the Jack D bus. Um, so it was like, okay, I guess I'm, I'm switching into hard mode here because that's the only option I have. Um, but it's just, there's a better way to do it. I'm not smart enough to come up with a better way. I hear pipe wire is going to fix a lot of this, but um, as of right now, it's just, it's, it's tedious more than anything. Hey, Taj. Hey, everyone again. Hey, Claudio, my man. We're, we're speaking your language. Hello. Yeah, I came in right, I came in at the right time. <laughs> so Linux audio makes me want to gouge my eyeballs out with a spoon. I can relate. <laughs> Why is it everybody um, that does Linux audio says that exact phrase? Linux audio I hate sucks. X runs. I hate X runs. And have I mentioned I hate X runs? I have so far not had a lot of problems with that. It happens occasionally, well, but not tried, often. I haven't tried lately since I've upgraded my laptop uh, with an SSD. Uh, it might be better. The situation might be better, but I guess I'll have to see. I also upgraded to a, a better version of the laptop I had before. So I went from an i3 processor to an i5 processor. Went from, well, it, it had 6 gigs of RAM. Now it had it has 8. And... Um, yeah, I just got an SSD for it. So, yeah, all those should help. Yeah, I was. I had mentioned it earlier. Um, Pat from Linux Link Tech Show and I did a an episode on the state of Linux audio in 2020, which was I thought I did, I, I thought I was going to be a mess on that one, but I, did, I wasn't too half bad with the information. Yeah, actually, I listened to that yesterday, and um, because I'm fighting with it currently, and um, it was helpful but it was also <laughs> for me it was frustrating because i was like these guys already have it figured out and i don't yeah i had to sit down just kind of take the time one day and said i'm gonna try and get jack configured the way i wanted to and actually i did initially i did most of it through q uh, not qjack ctl i did it through q tractor because it has a connections button where you can set up the mini connections and everything it's super easy there so I just avoid configuring it through QJAC CTL completely. Um, though the the one that's in Fedora has now an option where you actually get... Because I remember in, when I was still on Mac OS X, uh, the way you would connect the devices uh, through MIDI and, and audio, it was all graphical. So you kind of have like a visual representation of everything. And you just run lines to it. And this version, the latest version that's on Fedora... 
It actually was there a couple of versions back too. Uh, there's an option of there's a way of doing it visually and not through just running lines from that row of, of devices and everything. So it, it you can have like a like an oval with the name of the device and it has that in and out and then you could just run the lines to however you want to run it to to get the MIDI flow or the audio flow. Yeah, that is sort of my understanding from watching a bunch of videos and trying to get it figured out is that that is more um, the program cadence is more like the Mac side of things, which is what I'm used to as well. Um, granted, I was used to it like 20 years ago, so it's it's definitely probably changed since then. But it is more right. um, graphical and, and things like that, although you can do a little bit of that with QJack control, but it is just kind of jank. But I couldn't get Canes to run to save my life, so um, I'm like I said, I just switched to hard mode, and I'll just I'll learn it with QJack control. And I yeah, got, I think I I think I tried Cadence a while back, and I had similar problems. If I remember correctly, I had similar problems that you had, and I just said the hell with it. Let me stick with what works. It, it's 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 rougher, it's harder, but it works. So yeah, but I just I just do the um, since I was using um, Q Tractor, I just did the connections for MIDI that way and for the audio too. Yeah, I haven't decided on what DAW I'm going to wind up using because um, sort of what I've been doing is I, I'm I'm old school. I sit down with like manuscript paper and write out ideas. Um, <laughs> the only reason I ever used technology when I was writing before was to make sheet music for musicians. That was it. Um, so that's that's how I think. And I'm writing down ideas like that. And then I've got to figure out how to get that MIDI into a DAW and start playing with it. Um, and then I, I did get my guitar system routed into Jack and into uh, a really cool like amp modeler and effects processor. So that, that was a win. I like that. But then getting that to talk to our our door or whatever I wind up using is going to be the next battle I have to fight. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was, yeah, I'm thinking of probably switching over to Ardor. Um, but I, I actually got to sit down and do it. <laughs> yeah. I kind of narrowed it down to either that or LMMS. Um, LMMS seems simpler. <laughs> so I don't know. Ardor is, uh, like I was used to using pro tools and Ardor looks more complicated than pro tools. So, and you know, it's just what do I want to learn, and how much time do I want to put into it? Yeah, I, I, um, I had started way, way back um, with some sequencing software. I was using Master Tracks Pro at the time, and then from that, I moved to GarageBand on the on OS X, which kind of was it was similar to that. And then when I left Mac OS X, and I started doing things mainly on Linux. The only one that I found that was close to the look and feel, more the feel, I didn't care so much about the look, but the feel, was Q-Tractor. Um, it, but like I mentioned in that episode, it's there's still some things that bother me about it, um, especially when it comes to mixing down to a file. So if Ardor's MIDI implementation has is, is more robust than when I first heard about it, then I'll, I'm going to move over to that. If I remember correctly, like a year ago or something, there was a big hubbub about them adding a bunch of MIDI stuff. So I'm sure it's gotten better. Yeah, we'll see. I've got, what, three more days of my uh, winter break vacation. So at some point in that time, I guess I can test it out. We're on a similar schedule because that's pretty much what I'm doing. Yeah. 
But yeah, um, if you want a really good software synth, Odin 2, definitely recommend it. Yeah, I, I had a... Um, there's a YouTuber, I think his name's like Onfa or something like that. Um, yeah, Onfa. Yeah, yeah, he does lots of stuff, and I saw he has a thing about it, and I wanted to check that out. I've got a, like a list on my desk of videos of his that I want to see because his videos have been some of the things that have got me the furthest. So <laughs> he's a good uh, reference to uh, get started. Yeah, I added it to the to the show notes post <laughs> post upload, um, and I guess uh, Ken or someone, one of the uh, janitors for uh, the custodians for uh, Hacker Public Radio, added it to the. Um, to the episode uh, entry. Gotta love our uh, janitors. Yep. So what other software um, do you use uh, for music? To be completely honest, what I... Um, I guess I told them before uh, you, you hopped on, the uh, this is the first time I've sat down and tried to write music in probably 20 years. Um, it, gotcha. it used to be my job, but now yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, I haven't done it in so long and I haven't done it since I made the switch to Linux. So it's really at this point, just getting myself a back used to writing things again, which, uh, has been remarkably difficult and, um, getting over the barrier of actually getting that stuff into a computer to manipulate. Um, because I, I I was used to writing music and handing it to musicians and having like real instruments, um, right. which has always been a limiting factor for me because that's kind of the sound I like. Um, so I'm using this as an excuse to like play with more synth sounds and, and things like that because I hate like orchestral synths. They're terrible and they make my ears want to bleed. So <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you playing with new sounds uh, and trying to like expand my vocabulary into new things uh, is, is the goal. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, because I hate myself so much, um, I have been curious to do what I'm doing on Linux on a couple of BSDs. Uh, I haven't tried on FreeBSD, uh, but I think the support is much better there for multimedia. Uh, I was trying on OpenBSD, and there's apps there. There's some apps there. QTractor is not on OpenBSD in, in the ports. Uh, and I think it has a lot to do with some of these apps where they have a lot of, a lot of what they say Linuxisms, where they tend to be geared more for Linux use than for than to be portable. So uh, that one's not there, but um, I think Rose Garden is on there. But the problem is that the Yamaha that I have, even though the system detects it, it just detects it as a generic MIDI device. Or not even a MIDI device, just detects it as a generic USB device. And it doesn't detect it as a MIDI device to create the um, the device files for MIDI. Uh, I tried with my with my USB. Now, this one I know won't work, but I know that they have the firmware files on FreeBSD. So I can always upload, it, upload those files to the uh, USB to MIDI adapter I have. Um, it's, a, it's a MIDI man USB... I forgot what it's called. Uh, it's a 2x2 two two USB, the MIDI Sport. That's what it is. And it works on Linux. Uh, and, and all the firmware files are on the repos. Uh, and as far as I know, I think that FreeBSD has it, but OpenBSD does not. So that definitely won't work. But I tr- since my uh, synth has a USB port on it, I tried plugging that in, but it doesn't detect it. So there's I, I got some, some information from some of the OpenBSD devs on what to do um, 
and but I just haven't sat down to try and uh, go further with that. Sorry to interrupt, but we need to send out uh, Happy New Year and greetings to much of Indonesia, Thailand, and seven more, Jakarta, Bangkok, Hanoi, Palm Pen. I'd like to remind everybody to please, please edit the Etherpad show notes for your time, for the time span. So I have two comments, Claudio. Um, number one, it is totally on brand for you to move, try to move all this to BSD. Um, nobody was not expecting that to happen. And two, I'm surprised BSD has like an audio system, to be completely honest. Oh, yeah, they've had it for a while. Uh, um, uh, OpenBSD uses um, SNDIO. And I think FreeBSD uses OSS, but you can even switch out. You can use uh, op- uh, SNDIO as well on there. Yeah, my experience with BSD is basically free NAS, and that was that. That's the only experience I've ever had with it. Hey, can you drop the link for the Etherpad again? Just dropped it in chat. Thanks. Yeah, I dropped the Unfuzz uh, YouTube channel in there on the Etherpad. All right, everyone. Well, I'm going to drop off for a bit. I'm going to go with my son to the gym, and I. I may jump on again later. Good evening. Later. Later, Claudio. Have a good one. Likewise. Catch you later. Doctor Who, so much potential and so much repetition. That's another one of the shows on my list of I need to get caught up. I'm like three years behind. Well, probably more than three years because I'm like three seasons behind. I stopped watching because just too many Daleks. Yeah. I don't know. I I grew up with like old Doctor Who on PBS, <laughs> so right. that that was my jam. And then two a.m. Yeah, for sure. In the middle of the night, just as a kid watching it, when you would weren't supposed to be watching it, but you were watching it anyways. Um, and I didn't dislike New Who until Matt Smith, and then once that happened, I mean, I watched all of that, but I it just got to be too epic. I guess is the word I would use. Like everything had to tie into everything, and everything was the end of the universe. Which I mean isn't un Doctor Who, but I, it just seemed like it was very convoluted and self-referential. Um, and I watched a couple episodes of, I guess Capaldi, and I just never finished. That's sadly understandable. Yeah, they're self-referential, and just as is implied. The potential and the budget that they appear to have compared to, you know, 1980-something when uh, it was pretty theatrical, as in local theatre. It just seemed like the the script writers, they could have, of all the scripts that people must send them. I I feel like it... um, It's sort of a thing that I dislike in a lot of modern science fiction, that the scope of everything has to be so big that it just becomes meaningless. <laughs> um, I have the same problem with Star Trek right now that everything has to be, you know, universe ending every episode and everything has to be a giant mystery that has to be solved. I, I just sort of miss, Hey, this was a good story that lasted an episode and, and, and that's fine. Like it doesn't have to connect anything else. It could just be a single story. That's good. Right. So concept if the concept of the end of time is just the end, right, we understand that's the end. It would be bad. It might be bad. How much is it going to hurt? Will it hurt for the whole time? You know? Uh, but a good story with psychology that you understand that shifts you between emotions or gives you a, a different 
concept, that would be useful. Yeah, for sure. Quantitative karma values, for example, or, you know, uh, yeah, that kind of a thing, sort of. There's, uh, I don't, right, idea, real physics in science fiction. And then there's, I, I guess it, people don't want things to become too political, but if you have real energy values. I think I might go off on one if I ever record, stitch together, uh, uh, what do you call it, a program for HPR, an episode on, you know, fluency in uh, understanding energy and, you know, how many man hours there are in a barrel of oil, that kind of thing. I would so be there for that <laughs> if you make that episode because that, that sounds fun. Yeah, it seems like the jewel, the unit of energy, might be a good uh, reference to have against a, a currency of exchange, you know, like the dollar or whatever. I don't know. I think <laughs> I, while I would be very interested in it, I think that um, especially if you start to quantify it to that um, extent, uh, it, it, it starts to uh, make make known probably inconvenient uh, realities that people would have to deal with if they don't want to. Exactly. It gets people to stop watching the program, like the Doctor Who, and go and do something, doesn't it? I don't know if that's uh, just adulthood. Like They're constantly reminded by things in media, and uh, it should prompt one, a person, to, to go and do that thing. Well, especially when um, you look at... Uh, well, just media in general, but science fiction media uh, tends to be the biggest culprit is, hey, we have this uh, huge intractable problem. We're just going to science y it, and then it magically just gets fixed. And um, I'm just using sort of coronavirus as the example. Everybody's like, well, why can't we just make a vaccine? They can make a vaccine in 45 minutes on a TV show. Why can't we do it, um, you know, in a week? Uh, the, the, the scale of these processes are um, so compressed in media that people don't understand how much work and how much time it takes to actually accomplish things. Right. And we do have some big problems, so it would be good... Um... And I recognise. Well, there we are. Here we come to quantification of um, education or uh, concept propagation. You know, amongst the population of people of varying uh, uh, states, in varying states of whether you call it education or you know, here's where my stitching of of audio uh, needs attention. Like you shouldn't talk while you're thinking basically i never follow that rule right so data structures if you could I, I need like a bunch of headings data structure would be one how you and here's where like storytelling is really useful isn't it if you're painting if you take a thousand photographs and you then take the uh the unique feature from each of those say it's of this a similar subject a house or a you know a machine and you take the uh, unique feature from each of those photos and you include it in one drawn picture one hand-drawn picture then you have a, a superior data structure at the end you know not necessarily photographic but conceptually better but wouldn't that be a quantity versus quality argument i mean you're you're losing fidelity to cram more data and i mean it's basically compression at that point 
I'm, I'm guessing my thought is if you say you have a, a limited, so each human is trying to apply themselves to the uh, difficult problem, whether that's climate change or starvation or, you know, disease. Disease has been a, the big killer for so long. Um, well, anyway, point being, if there are data structures in a, or, or ideas or habits that a person can, like their walk, their traversal in the day, that can include uh, more things. You know, they're, they're more... Um, like if you have a, a, a fixed amount of memory, I guess yeah, com- compression is the is is a concept is the concept. But in practical terms, it's um, uh, behavioural adaptation, um, which can include fun or should include, you know, joyful expression. Uh, yeah, for sure. What's the point if it doesn't? Yeah, the the only um, I've heard it described by philosopher the only relevant question but i'm not going to mention i'm not going to give that the word my only concern when we start when you start having conversations about data structures because this is not something i directly work with but i work with the outcome of a bunch of sort of big data when it comes to education is that um people get so blinded by the data that they are losing the actual stories of what is happening like they're using the data to justify everything they do um and that's not always the most um efficacious thing to do um the data points you in a a good direction um but sometimes the data can be misleading without context and so when you're talking about being able to you know have sort of we talked about this compression idea um that would be interesting if it could if we could sort of solidify all that data and and have the context included in it, I think that would be helpful. Yeah, I should um, clarify when I say data structure, I'm using a, a, a concept, an idea uh, to try to express um, an in- increasing how to do more um, with with less or how people can improve a situation uh, according to their, I guess the, Either the what not complexity, the interaction between things. What do you call that? Um, maybe I'll. It'll come to me. The um, but quite that it's not the data. I'm referring to um, a procedure. How, how to incorporate um, necessary behaviors into a, a procedure with understanding i guess that's it that the understanding is, is required for a person to um subtly modify their implementation to include uh, or to improve their technique or I- I- include or, or produce a better outcome from this the same resources or time applied yeah and specifically going back to sort of the education thing the the issue is, is when we make the, I, I won't say behavioral, I, I would say more, you know, structural or pedagogical changes or, you know, because we're always trying to take data and figure out how can we do more with what we have, because clearly we're not doing good enough with what, what we're doing. Um, but the problem is, is that the data is so overwhelming and it points in so many directions that we keep doing the same. We, we think the, the, 
the process that needs to spin out of the data is the same. Um, and, and the reality has proven that that's not true, that we, we need to do more with that data and we need to find new patterns. But it is so convenient and so easy to just jump to the easy things. Um, and they're the easiest to, I mean, frankly, to get funding for that that tends to be what, what people are doing with the data. And so the data structure, while helpful in giving us insights, uh, the human problem of interpreting it is, is more of an issue than anything else. Idea. Um, corollary is the reduction in interaction between humans at the moment. I mean, relating to uh, lockdowns in the UK, where I am, um, my area has just gone into tier four, which means, I mean, we already couldn't go in our friend's garden uh, without risk of the neighbour reporting you to the police, you know, and getting up to upwards of a £10,000 fine. Um, so the the um, you can have data and you can go to your, your communication device if you're one of the two billion lucky winners. Um, or you, I mean... There, there we are. Here's my, there's my bubble, mental bubble. But the, my idea being, you know, how, how is it? The do we gain more by interacting more on a human level, or anyway, it's point of application is the concept. Yeah, for sure. Um, and especially that one that that seems to be um, a big one that we haven't made a good decision on, or you know, can't come to consensus. Engaging stories. I wonder, I suppose, okay, well, it has to be personal, doesn't it? Um, the, the, like, I'm just wondering, like, idea. So I thought about climate change for a long time as being, uh, so, so context, why am I here? I could include, well, just for our, for this conversation, if it is such a thing. Um, so i got into tech no i'll do that in an introduction i will include that i guess what's my question i'll, I'll go and uh, carry on with what i was doing and if i think of some question to ask i'll return happy to respond though hello time for uh, happy new year and greetings to Myanmar and coco's islands yangon nappy doll mandalay and bantam They're starting to hit the indian subcontinent excuse me I guess the greetings relate to the new year sweeping the planet. Yes, if you look at the link on the HBR site for the show notes, Etherpad, you'll see all the time breakups. Howdy. Hey. Hey, yo. Hello. Happy New Year's Eve. Uh, when I uh, enabled push to talk in the configuration, there was um, no audio from me. I had to switch to continuous and then use the mute uh, mute what do you call it the button that's um, icon button. So I need to mute myself. No, um, uh, I use my mute key a lot, but I don't use continuous. Um, I use voice activity. I'll try that. Yeah, for me, I think voice activity wouldn't work. Can you hear this? Yeah. Okay, yep. thanks. I've got server noise in the back. I'm sitting in a cupboard with a server, so I'll mute.
Hello. Need to send out greetings and happy new year to Bangladesh, some regions of Russia, and four more to Hakka, Almaty, Biscay, and Thimpu. Remind everybody remind to me. remind everybody to post their show notes in the Etherpad document. Happy New Year to all those places. Do people in the um, lounge receive all channel chats and transmissions? I don't know. If you want, I can go there to check. I could do so. I just see a, a message from Archer to the people in the lounge. I'm not sure. Uh, John KT4KB was here before, but I think he missed. might have missed the message. They might, I don't know if they arrived for some of the... Is that the lounge for this channel or a lounge for um, all these other um, titles I see? I think it's just a default lounge where you come in. For example, if you get booted out of the server, you might end up going back there if you reconnect. Well, I see. It's just to see, you know, uh, I, I don't understand. I'm not familiar with Mumble... And this server, I see a list of other, you know, Boston Bruins, the Techie Geek, and these are the um, sort of subdivisions on that right-hand panel. I'll, I'll, um, I don't need to do a thing. Or maybe it would be, yeah, so I know, I'm not familiar. I, I guess someone, I don't know if we have a caretaker. It might be K-Wisher. K-Wisher, are you admin on the server? I'll just go there and ask. Maybe no one is talking. Hear me. Yes. Who's that? I think Tony H was speaking. No, 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 no that's, that's me. me. Who's you? Um, my name's Dan. One of Spoons. Hi, Dan. One of Spoons. If you look on, can you see a right-hand panel with a, a blue, a blue icon showing person talking? Oh yeah, I've got it now. I've got, I've got you. you I, I couldn't see it for a minute. And it's, uh, it's time to welcome Russia into the new year getting a lot of echo so what's happening in uh, your end uh you're very low Tojet. is that better can you hear me clearer now oh yeah uh well there's a bit of crackle but you're a lot louder and easier to hear i'm just going to go and see if any of the mint cast crew want to join us cool You had to love a movie that was about all these cell phones flying out of people's hands and attacking. <laughs> so what's this Just Watch? It was called 2.0. I put the link in the uh, chat. Yeah, no, I've just gone to the page. and uh, yeah. So is this a movie streaming site, or does it just give you the details of the shows? Um, it was a link I'd found a while back. It's a, it allows you to find on Roku different channels that are playing a movie. Oh, and right. I happened to see that one pop up in there, and it looked so bad I had to watch it. Was <laughs> oh, this a Bollywood movie? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just watch the preview from it. I watched the trailer, yeah. Let's have a look. Yo, I'm back. Welcome back, Onainal. I guess Onainal is sticking. I'm trying to make it stick. I uh, guess I have some Russians around. I just heard, heard fireworks outside. Ah. Oh, they've been setting off fireworks here for the last hour, and it's still uh, another nearly five hours before it's New Year. 
Ah, it's it's Russians for sure. They're not too <laughs> drunk to know when the New Year's Eve actually is, so they just make a large window, window of fireworks. So for all of you over in the UK, are you doing a countdown to Brexit now? No, no, no. We're no, doing no, a, no. we're we're doing a countdown to New Year. It's uh, New Year in uh, four hours fifty. It's uh, nineteen ten UK time at the moment. Yeah, I'm trying to plan one. I've uh, I've got both the um, Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit, the extended versions. On oh, DVD. Yeah, yeah. So I'm planning on doing like a weekend where I lock myself in and watch them all through. Yeah, well, yeah. Do, well, if, you, if you've if gotten you've got both, both, watch, watch the, the Hobbit, Hobbit first, and then and Lord then of the Rings. Rings. Well, I had the set well, both. I had the set before, and I loaned them out to a person, and they sort of disappeared. So for Christmas, my family decided to give me a replacement with the extended version. Yeah, yeah I've got the extended Lord of the Rings. I'm not so sure, I'm not sure I've, got I've got the extended, extended Hobbit. Yeah, in the Lord of the Rings, they cut the books down heavily to fit them into the movies, and then in the Hobbit, they extended the book so much to make it into more movies. Yeah, yeah they, add, they, add, they added loads they added of stuff. <laughs> um, what's his name? The elf character. He doesn't appear in the book at all. You mean they took an artistic license with the movie? Oh, just a tad. Just a tad. <laughs> I find the Hobbit movies unsufferable. Insufferable? <laughs> Something like that. you just got to separate them from the book. Yeah, because I really like the book. It's one of those times when I actually read the book before watching the movie. I actually remember I was I was about 9 or 10, and the, the, we've got a program in this country called, called Book at Bedtime, and they serialised The Hobbit on Book at Bedtime, and I remember listening to it. As an audio book. Cool. Yeah, the only one I've caught is the Harry Potter books, and I have not seen the movies. It, read the books before the movies. The movies are horrible if you don't have the background from the books. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I read, I the, read Hobbit the Hobbit when I was when about I... seventeen. Uh, not the Hobbit, the Lord of the Rings when I was about seventeen. I read the first and half of the second, and then I couldn't finish. It just got too boring at some point. I have both the books lying around my house somewhere, so I really should read them. Well, if you just watch the movies, Harry Potter seems like a spoiled brat that just happens to get into a lot of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't he, though? The books do a much better job of uh, uh, showing the problems he went through. Now, what I'd love to see them do is to go back and write a series of books of the foundations of Hogwarts. Yeah, that would be cool. You figure they could do um, a, at least a series of four books, one from each of the founders' point of view and ha all leading up into it. Yeah, and uh, J.K. Rowling does have a good history of giving us details after the fact. And that never caused any trouble? No, not at all. <laughs> well, I've not had any takers from my Minkcast crew to come and join us. Oh, Ken's just turned up. Hello. Hello, Hello Ken. Ken. Welcome, Ken. Hey, yeah. Welcome back, Mr. Fowler. How are you all doing now? Yeah, not too bad. Having just, some coffee before just... handing out. <laughs> I just decided to join on before I fell asleep and I just started to fall asleep on the sofa yeah same here <laughs> my wife was in the bed it's only 2.15 here Tony didn't you have uh, voice activation I've got voice activation yeah but I've got my headphones on so I'm not um, the echo no 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 but you might start snoring at some point <laughs> <laughs> I'll use my mute key. 
It might be entertaining, just saying. <laughs> I can do that when I'm not asleep. <laughs> I was trying to recruit a new uh, host this afternoon, Ken. Excellent. Well done, you. Yeah. Can't remember who, uh, if he's still here. Um, but it was someone who, who was here who hasn't actually submitted the show yet and uh, didn't know how to go about it. So I just uh, talked to him about just tell his tech story. <laughs> I think that's me, actually. Was it you, was it? Yeah. Yeah. See, so now you've got the man himself who can tell you you owe him a show now, you see. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. Only if he promises to do it. <laughs> Well, Ken, I still feel guilty. I promised you a show a couple of years ago, and I still haven't recorded it. Oh, no, no, that, don't that's worry about it. Naughty time. <laughs> I did get one in recently, but I still haven't got, given them the one I promised. That matters not a jot. It took me ten years to do the satellite episode. <laughs> yeah, I suppose with the new year coming up, I'll have to get me uh, at least one show in in the next few weeks. Yeah, 260 new slots available for... As you keep reminding us. <laughs> uh, a sent in a load. He uh, must have been piling them up. Let's go and have a look at the queue. I can always threaten to sing and record it as a show. So long as it's Creative Commons, I'm fine with that. I saw that page on What's Good. It's uh, some very clever. <clears throat> All right, should put that link into the notes. See, 14 days to the to the next gap. Currently available. Well, it says 13, but it's the... Fo- yeah, I suppose it is 13. Yep. That's no harm. Always looking for shows. Something we've never managed to uh, to fix. Getting enough holes. Well, you, mu- you must admit, uh, the New Year show does generate shows. Because it, it was me talking about the cars that generated the car series that I did. The yeah. model series. And it was uh, the New Year show that got a hookah on, and we got a lot of shows from him, to be done. <laughs> Although I missed all my uh, interview uh, opportunities last year, because everything got cancelled. Yeah. Wait, 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 you're saying that if I join this show, I might get tricked into doing another episode? <laughs> yeah, tricked. Tricked is such a rude word. Yeah, I don't think... We trick anyone. We just tell us you uh, tell you 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 owe us a show. <laughs> oh, only yeah, if you oh, say only. you're going to do one. <laughs> you could keep track of all the shows people owe you, and then every month remind them. No, mm-hmm. no, the list is too long, and then yeah. I'd be getting too much spam myself. <laughs> I just have a giant Excel spreadsheet. I'm I'm the worst. Well, I'm not the worst. The worst is probably Dave Morris because I keep getting him to. He has a database now of shows that he wants <laughs> to, to do. I have just a, a GitHub repository where I uh, or a Git repository where I keep my a list of shows that I'm working on. Yeah, I just have a directory. I still, w- you know, wish for that day when uh, everyone yeah, who listens. Put, puts a show in and then you'd have shows backed up for like 10 years <laughs> yeah good luck with that <laughs> I have 97 uh, shows in the <laughs> in work in progress at the moment 97 wow yep I have a brain idea for two now if he says if you mention them then you owe me a show <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm not going to do that <laughs> Too scared. Too scared. <laughs>
I still wish for the day when I have an idea for a show and I just do it and submit it. Yeah, and just switch your audacity on, start talking, and submit it. Yeah. How do you yet. think that last one I did got posted? <laughs> <laughs> Which is basically what Which happens is... to this lot. <laughs> I always find some convoluted way of recording it, though. Audacity would be too simple. Audacity is one of those softwares. It's like really steep learning curve, but I guess once you get it, it's not that bad. Actually, not so bad. We've we've got a few shows on how to use Audacity, just the bare minimum. But you don't ah. even need to do that. You just just go press record on your Android phone or or whatever phone. Yeah, and go and share email to admin. Can you, Can still, you still submit your show on the phone? Prefer not to. Prefer to go. Yeah, you can just go to the upload page and just fill it out from there. Oh, you mean you don't live stream it, then down to- download it with YouTube download and uh, strip it over into an MP3 with a FFmpeg? You could do that, yeah, and you could do a show about doing that. <laughs> Be a short show. But there was a dial in option at one time, wasn't there, Ken? Yeah. And um, there's this. Uh, Mr. Gadgets used to use it quite a lot, but uh, then those it. I think the person who was paying for or the service stopped that was providing it. Ah, right. All right, everyone. But it's like never been easier to, to record a show now with, with on your mobile phone. You, most people have a mobile phone, and yeah, just press record and then um, go to the website and uh, upload that file. Happy New Year, everyone! Happy New Year! Happy New Year! I'm going to uh, drop off until midnight, I think. I'll uh, pop back in. I've got a bit of a headache. <laughs> oh, I don't think I'll survive that long. So, Happy New Year, Ken. I'll I'll be around tomorrow anyway, so I suspect right. this is going to be a long one. So, uh, <laughs> I'll catch up with you tomorrow. How's about that? All right. I'll catch up with you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Happy New Year, Tony. Happy New Year. I thought people were talking over me, but I forgot I switched my mic input. <laughs> So, uh, where are you based, Archer? I'm about north of Chicago, about an hour. Oh, right, okay. Oh, I ended up coming off the uh, freeway there and uh, ended up downtown Chicago when I was uh, travelling between Minneapolis and uh, Akron. (laughs) Found myself in a a not too um, salubrious district. (laughs) Luckily, I managed to get back on the freeway. No, I stay away from there, especially this a high population area with the COVID. Yeah. Uh, we're on a stay-at-home order at the moment. Went into it today. I think they suggest we stay at home, but I'm not quite sure lately. I haven't looked at the website for it. Mm. Are you on the uh, lake? About an hour, and a ha- hour, hour and a half north of the, where the lake is. Oh, right. Okay. Have you got snow at the moment? Oh, we got a bit of snow, and it was uh, nice and crystallized after it ended up uh, stopping. Oh, right. It froze, did it? Yeah. Yeah, we've had a smattering of hail over over last night that froze up, and that wasn't very pleasant this morning on the road until it melted off. Oh, the dog hates it, too. She kinda, she's a tiny one, so she has a trouble <laughs> with the icy snow. Oh, yeah. Oh, is that you, Joe, in there? Is Joe in there? I've just noticed there's someone called Joe. I'm just wondering if it's Mint Cash Joe. I believe so. Yeah. I shall go and give him a nudge. I was trying to get his attention because he got me kind of op- 
turn on to uh what is it x to go have you heard about that program i've heard of x to go i've not uh, used it he keeps mentioning it on the Lugcast. yeah he's mentioned it a few times in um mintcast as well right oh fireworks going off again fireworks are illegal around here so you don't hear too many of them actually <laughs> surprisingly, surprisingly. Best fireworks fireworks display I saw was over at at a house, and while we were setting off the fireworks, a police officer came up, sat there watching the whole thing, and when we were done, he comes up, he goes, are you out of fireworks? We go, yeah. He goes, well, good, because I was going to have to ask you to stop, because you're not legal. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, just saw a dangerous flyer. Krispy Kreme's got a special going on their donuts for the next two days. Oh um, no! Can't can't be doing with that. I have something like it's like a, a something sweet. I don't even know what to call it. It's called babka. I think is how you pronounce it. It's really interesting. Kind of reminds me of a donut. <laughs> One's too many, and a thousand's not enough. So I stay clear. Krispy Kreme hot glazed right off the press. It's just sugar and air. You can <laughs> inhale them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Would play hell, hell with my blood sugar. <laughs> I won't tell your doctor. <laughs> of course, that would mean I'd have to spend extra time at the gym, right? Of course, we. Ca- I can't do that at the moment because they're all shut. <laughs> oh, the one near here, you can call and make an appointment with them. They only allow a certain amount of people in at a time, and so you got to like book it a couple of days in advance. Yeah, that was the case with us until. Uh... Midnight when we went into the uh, stay-at-home order and all the gyms had to close. I think all the lockdowns are doing is just slowing how f- fast it spreads. It doesn't actually stop it, and it doesn't really stop people from getting it. It just slows it down. Yeah, which is what we need at the moment. We need it to slow down because all our hospitals are getting full. Yeah. Now, for the um, vaccines in the U.K., is that a conditional approval, like here in the U.S., or is that a full approval that they did? Uh, for the um, Oxford one, it's a full approval. So the yeah, two, that, we've got, got the, the AstraZeneca one, which was approved a, a few weeks ago, and now we've got the Oxford one. I thought the AstraZeneca and Oxford were the same one. Oh, oh yeah, it was the yeah, Pfizer yeah. that was approved. It was the Pfizer one, one, yeah. yeah sorry, sorry, I got mixed, mixed up. up. Yeah. Now, the AstraZeneca one, the AstraZeneca Oxford is a traditional vaccine. I'm not sure about that Pfizer one. Yeah. Uh, I'm a bit concerned about that mRNA. Uh, it, it, this is the first time they're using it in a human. Oh, I thought the um, Oxford one was, they were talking, they were talking about, about it on the, it on news, the news tonight. And they were saying it's um, based on some um, primate um, vaccine, uh, virus. Virus. Yeah, it's um, they, it's basically modified off of, uh, from what I understand, that some uh, variation of a monkey virus. Yeah, yeah. But it's a traditional inoculation for it. Um, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. The uh, Pfizer one that they're doing, the, both the Pfizer and the Moderna, they're using what they call mRNA. Basically, it's trying to tell your body to go ahead and put this put it into gear to defend but it's something that hasn't been done before right. a little bit worried about the long-term effects yeah this yeah, new this chinese, chinese one, one is, is uh, a dead, dead virus yeah, it's definitely made the holidays challenging this is the first time in as long as i can remember that we haven't got to see my wife's uh, family for christmas same same, same, same here. here 
yeah, we normally go up to Scotland to see my wife's family either uh, round Christmas or round uh, Hogmanay. Now, with um, Brexit taking effect, when you do go back up to Scotland, are you going to have to have passports for that? Or no, Scotland's, that? Scotland's still part, still part of the part UK. Of the UK. <laughs> I thought there was something, or was it Ireland, that there was something different with the trade zone because part was going and part wasn't going, I thought. Uh, Northern Northern Ireland, Ireland. Uh, as Uh, far as as customs customs union, they're staying in the customs union. Uh, So any um, trade between Northern Ireland and mainland UK has to have the same paperwork as if it was going to direct to your uh, uh, coming direct from Europe um, and vice versa so if we're sending stuff from mainland UK to Northern Ireland it has to have the same customs paperwork as it would have to go the other way across to France and the rest of Europe because they're maintaining the single uh, the uh, customs union and that's to maintain the open border between Southern and Northern Ireland which is all part of the peace treaty that they came up with uh, to end the end the uh, violence. Yeah, at some point when normal travel gets resumed, I want to see about taking my wife over to England there for a tour of castles and historic sites. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. So far, her only trip in her life outside of the country was a trip to Canada. Yeah, it's amazing how many people uh, in the States have never left the States. But there again, you've got 50 countries in your one country, haven't you? So <laughs> you've got plenty of places to explore. I, I grew up as a military brat and spent time over in Europe for a while. Yeah. yeah. Lived in Italy. That was a blast. thing is, a lot of our countries are boring as hell. Well, I've looked at uh, Wisconsin, or not Wisconsin, North Dakota, South Dakota, those areas, Midwest. Mm-hmm. Those are not yeah. very interesting countries. Yeah, I've had to be out there for a few business trips. What was weird was driving through the uh, there and seeing all the windmills. Yeah, they do do a lot of that, don't they? Yeah, flying over that area, looking down, you'll see this giant area of farmland with, and then like a clump of trees with a house in the middle of it where the guy lives. It's kind of crazy to see people who, you know, live on farms because I've never been really around that. I could never imagine doing that. That's the thing about the States, though. You've got such vast areas of uh, open open land and wilderness and stuff. It's amazing. It, where I'm at in North Carolina, I've got a f- short drive one direction. I can get down to the beach and go out in the w- water and I'll have fun. And then a few hours the other direction, you're up in the mountains and uh, snow and having a blast up there. <laughs> Looks like Greenland's only had 27 COVID cases. Lucky bastards. From what I understand, even um, uh, Antarctica's had uh, COVID cases now. There's no place that's untouched. Antarctica isn't on the map I'm looking at here because it's like a map made to look... Oh, yeah, no, it's not. Made to look for COVID stuff. No one really thought, hey, we should probably put Antarctica on the map that needs to show us cases of a disease because, well, no one gets diseases in Antarctica, but... Guess they're wrong. Maybe a cold. Anywhere in the world can get diseases. <laughs> Unless you're in Washington, D.C., all the hot air kills everything. We miss saying Happy New Year to Kabul. Ah, yeah, I had that one open. I missed it, too. Coming up, Dubai next. 
this China, like Dubai. Wait, no, no Dubai, Dubai. It's in the Middle Dubai's, East. It's one yeah. of the um, Arab countries. I was thinking Shanghai. Isn't Dubai the uh, got a development out there that looks like a palm leaf in the middle of the water? Yeah, they created a, a big development. They reclaimed some of the sea. Yeah. That'll be great until uh, we get rising sea levels. <laughs> well, if the water rises enough, then the Raleigh area that I'm at will become oceanfront property. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much the same for me. I'm only a mile from the uh, the beach. I got a good 20 feet on the sea level. I'm good for a while. I'll probably be dead before then. <laughs> if your house gets swallowed by the ocean, you can come live here. Pardon? If your house gets swallowed by the ocean, you can come live here. <laughs> it's okay. When Yellowstone goes, it's going to make a, all this a moot point. What was that movie with... Um, oh, can't remember his name now. Um, the one they did where they were all living on the the sea. Um, Waterworld. Uh, that was horrible. Yeah, it, it's a horrible movie, but, um, <laughs> you know, it's starting to look like it could happen now. <laughs> Yeah, let me be surprised. We got, what, a few hundred years until the sea was then up to swallow some actual countries? Yeah. Well, some island nations, even less than that, I think. Oh, yeah. Some of the um, the Maldives and places like that that are very low-lying islands, they'll go very quickly. Yeah. Are there any uh, crazy headlines I've missed? I didn't quite catch that. Are there any uh, crazy headlines I've missed since I left this morning? Crazy headlines? Uh, yeah, like... Sorry, go on. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, like the news, and just in case you missed it. Um, no, I'm not... Um, most of our news has been about Brexit and COVID, so I haven't heard much else. Ah, uh, yeah. I haven't heard so, what, your, what your glorious leader's been up to today. I don't even <laughs> want to know. <laughs> I think the more major one in our news right now is the uh, Nashville bombing. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was that was horrible. From the sounds of it, the guy when he set off the van didn't really want people to get uh, hurt, so he had that countdown warning. Oh, so he actually placed a warning. Yeah, a few minutes before it went off, he had a speaker telling people to get out of the area that there's going to be an explosion, and you know, basically did a countdown for that. And then he started playing uh, some song called "Downtown" right as it was detonating. That's interesting. And then it came out in the news uh, yesterday that um, apparently the police had been in his house in 2019, last year, because um, his girlfriend had turned him in for bomb making in the RV. They came to talk to him, he refused to talk to him, and they just left. What? <laughs> just some casual bomb making, nothing, nothing crazy, you know. Let's just ignore this dude. I'm sure he's fine. Yeah, apparently Google Earth has a picture of his house with the um, RV in his yard. Oh, my gosh. Jeez. Did uh, they ever say how many people got hurt and if anyone got killed from that? I never got a good number. Well, I know he died in the explosion. They've confirmed that from the DNA. Uh, I thought a few people got injured, but I don't know if any of them got killed. Yeah, I heard people who got injured, but um, I haven't heard of any fatalities. That's good. Yeah, from the sounds of it, he, they haven't found official motives or anything, but it sounded like um, this may have been his retirement plan. Guess uh, it's quite the literal sense of going out with a bang. 
You know, one of his neighbors said they had talked to him uh, just a couple of days before Christmas. They had stopped by and saw him by the mailbox and asked him how his uh, Christmas was going. The guy says, uh, the world won't forget me for what's going to happen. Wow. Jeez. That man really was not very secretive about what he was doing, was he? Best way to get away with something is do it in plain sight and act like you're supposed to be doing it. Yeah, that's one thing. Yeah. Sounds like a, a pen testing talk, you know, TV in a wall or something like that. Something he would say. Just walk into the building with a clipboard or whatever. I always find this so interesting. Because physical penetration testing is... I mean, I don't know much about it, obviously. But just like looking at some talks on it, like DEFCON or whatever, that's just an amazing like job to have. Yeah, I've got a friend in the UK who that's what he does for a living. I think one of the neatest pen testing ones I saw was the guy who was hired by a uh, bank to test the uh, security there. He had broken completely into the servers on the first day in less than an hour. All he did <laughs> was posted a bunch of USB drives with um, Trojans on it in the parking lot. And he, they had a VP pick up one of these drives, walk in, and plug it into his his uh, computer. What? what? <laughs> I heard one where uh, the guy broke into the wrong bank. <laughs> that was a that podcast, podcast that was not on the show. show. Uh, th- back in 2001, right before the first uh, dot-com bubble burst, um, there was a company that thought they had done the ultimate online security. So they posted information about their system and challenged people to break in. They said the person who, first person who can get this file off of the root of the hard drive, they had a, uh, it was like a Lamborghini or something that they were going to give to them. Got busted the first day by two guys who took a pickup truck, drove it into the building, ripped the drive out, copied the file off, and gave it to them. And they couldn't even be perse- <laughs> prosecuted because they were invited to do it. <laughs> yeah. That is... Yeah, that's probably the best I've heard so far. It's not even pen testing, that's just, like, smart thinking. Yeah, I had a data center I was in charge of for a while. Sitting in my office on the fourth floor, had to get through two levels of security to get up to where I was. And I turn around, and there's a police officer standing there, and he goes, we're looking for for so-and-so. And it's like, how did you get up here? People just let him through without... He came in in a uniform. They let him through, assuming he was had a legal reason to be there, and just bypassed all our security. Jesus. Yeah, yeah if someone so walked in with a, just a clipboard in their hands, I probably wouldn't question their authority too much, but knowing what I know, I, I wouldn't just let them pass. That's always the, the thing that makes you look authoritative, is having a clipboard. A clipboard or, or a, you know, the high-vis jest, the vest. Many years ago in my high school days, a friend and I were bored uh, one afternoon. We had worked at a local grocery store in Virginia Beach and um, decided to test to see how people respond to different situations. So we took our little uh, smock, our little uniform from work, went into another branch of the um, grocery store and just started working there. Didn't clock in, didn't talk to anybody. After about a half hour, one of the managers came up to me and said, do you work here? And I said, no. And they said, okay. And they went back on. <laughs> like, the manager who's supposed to be tracking these things didn't care. Jeez. Oh, here's a good one for you. I just saw a headline from 
one of the news services that says, don't shoot guns at midnight to celebrate New Year's, police warn, and offer $500 for tips leading to arrest. People are dumb. Yeah, I got a neighbor that has a gun range. I live out in the county. Uh, I got a neighbor that's got a gun range, and so I'm expecting in a little while they're going to be out there shooting off like crazy. If you own a gun range, I guess that's different. But I mean, midnight's still pretty bad. The only side effect of having a gun range nearby is gunfire doesn't phase me. Yeah, Happy New Year's to Dubai. It was about 15 seconds ago. So you're saying Dubai said goodbye to 2020? Absolutely. Looks like a Gascar, Horn of Africa, most of Georgia. Oh, no, no. And a good part of, part of Russia. I could put that movie on. Hmm. Uh, what movie? Penguins of Madagascar. Ah. That would be good to watch when Madagascar turns to New Year's. I was a time zone off, guys. Sorry about that. It's not Madagascar there. Oh, well, I guess I can't watch it. <laughs> what are you doing, Madagascar? Now, one of the other set of movies I got for uh, Christmas was the uh, original Battlestar Galactica series. Ooh. That sounds good. Nice. I've got that here as well. I also keep meaning to get back into it, but I'm in Heroes right now. Yeah, unfortunately, a lot of the stuff that they, they're releasing now, they've edited and modified it. Um, trying to find a copy of the original E.T., not the one that they distribute now. It's like trying to find an original copy of um, Blade Runner, because there's been so many different director's cuts, it's impossible. Yeah, well, the original E.T., um, when it came out, they had the astronauts coming into the house with guns, and when they re- re-released it now, they've taken, they modified it, and they've edited it to walkie-talkies instead of guns. That's, uh... That's an interesting edit. Make it more kid-friendly. But that was part of what was some of the contrast at the time, is here come these astronauts in with carrying guns. Loses something with the whitewashing. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be like taking out the bit, uh, the uh, clip of uh, Alex Guinness trying to save the bridge in Bridge Over the River Kwai when the uh, commandos come to blow it up. <laughs> well, someone raises an interesting question. Um... Is, wait, do we have to be like you know kid friendly like with language or what's that? That was totally related to not this, but I'm just asking now because I didn't ask in the podcast or the the show. I mean, not ET. Sorry, I missed what you were uh, asking. Uh, for uh, this new New Year's show here, do we have to be like kid friendly with language or what? Uh, we try to be because uh, it does go out as a uh, as a show. Uh, but it, it, I think it usually gets a, um, a non-family-friendly uh, um, thing on the, uh, when it goes out as an HPR show, just in case. Okay, I'll, I'll make sure to be uh, wholesome then for the kids. <laughs> Although, uh, considering some of the topics we talk about, it's not very family-friendly, uh, you know, young person-friendly anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't really know. How many people are young enough for that to be an issue watch this show? But, you know, just in case. (laughs) Now, when they edit this for um, putting it in there, uh, are they manually deleting all the blank spaces, or do they use some sort of script that automatically... Use use Audacity. Audacity Audacity takes it out automatically. I haven't tried that in Audacity yet. Yeah, it's called Truncate Silence. Ah, okay. We do it all the time when we're editing uh, the podcast for Mintcast, and uh, I do the editing for Distro Hoppers, and I do that as well. Hmm. Do they um, release this like New Year's show as just one thing, or do they split it up at all? 
No, the uh, the uh, the New Year show gets split up into about five or six. It it depends how much uh, audio comes out of it. So it depends how many ta- uh, you know how many how much of long silences there are um, during the twenty six hours plus. Um, but last year, I think it made six or seven episodes. It'd be interesting if they split up like different topics into segments, but I think there'll be way too much work for anyone who is doing that. <laughs> Am I hearing a volunteer? Oh no! I say I don't. They don't edit it per se. I think mainly it's just chopping it up at a logical point and truncating the silence mainly, and maybe adjusting the levels a little bit. But they don't do an awful lot of editing on it. Yeah, that makes sense. It's probably going to oh. be like two days, if maybe even like three days of audio before silence. Is there is there- yeah, I was curious to see what sort of automated processing they were doing because uh, for my uh, for the church I've been working with, um, I've been taking their uh, live stream and strip and uh, cutting out the music and just posting the sermon as a podcast feed. And currently, I'm doing all that manually. And I was trying to see if there was some way to automate that. Well, Audacity uh, is uh, a powerful piece of kit. Um... Well, that's what I do is I pull it up in Audacity and I look for, you can see the differences in the waveforms between it. And then I just fi- listen to it, find that spot where it switches from music to sermon and then break there and delete the beginning, delete the end and save the whole thing out that way. Yeah, you can um, you can put uh, labels on and then just clip, uh, just split it at the labels. I might have to play around and see what more I can do with Audacity. Been using it for a while and just haven't really done much more than basic cut and paste. Mm. Yeah, I t- when I'm editing the audio for Distro Hoppers, as I'm going through it, I label it so that I know where to put my transition uh, music in when I come to actually producing the final final edit. Makes things a lot easier. Yeah, for a while there, um, for doing the podcast feed for for the church, what I was doing was I had a, using a Audacity to actually do the recording on a machine on site, and then I had a uh, Bash script that was taking and uploading it to the file server, had a script running on the file server that detected a new file and automatically updated and posted the podcast feed. Wow. That was working good, and then um, I had tags and all in there, and then um, Apple started adding more tag requirements and all, and I made a few changes to support it, and then the... L- about a year ago, they made a change to some of the requirements on iTunes so it wouldn't take the feed anymore. So I ended up looking around and found a Anchor FM for doing the um, podcast hosting for it for free. So all you have to do is upload the file there. Yeah, there are a few free hosting. We we use, same, same as HPR, we use um, um, archive.org to uh, host the audio for Mintcast and Distro Hoppers. Yeah, I like Archive. So I've got a I've got a little um, regular monthly uh, yeah. contribution I give them just to to help out with the hosting costs. Still cheaper than it would be if I was using a hosting service. Yeah, I had a um, script that I was running using Google Drive and um, some automation tools or app tools under Google. You could actually have a build a podcast feed directly in Google Drive with the links, but. Um, Apple did not like the feed from that at all. Uh-huh. The biggest problem is even though you had a, you could do the link that worked for all the files, um, the Google Drive doesn't do the re- some sort of reverse lookup or dynamic lookup that Apple wants in order to um, take the files from there. 
Right. So I'm looking at trying a, a, a device repair that I haven't tried before on my daughter's phone. Her screen is completely cracked, but it looks like it's actually intact underneath. I looked at what it was going to cost to replace the uh, phone. It was like 270 or to replace the screen. It's $275 to get the screen repaired from any of uh, the professional places to do it. Found a kit where if you're not having to replace the screen, just glass, and it looks like it's just the glass on this. You might be able to do it for 30 bucks, so I might have to see if I can do that and put together notes for an episode out of it if I succeed. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. It was like, two, like I said, about 270 bucks to replace the screen on it, or I could, instead of doing that, I got her um, the uh, Pixel 4a, 4a. Not that much more. Go. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what phone I want next. Honestly, I, I don't know. I definitely want an Android phone. I'm over Apple entirely, but I just don't know what. Well, my, the phone I'm currently using right now is a uh, actual the original Pixel XL. Um, and the reason I got that one is I was able to reload it with Lineage, and I love Lineage on it. Um, being able to de it seems to make the battery work pretty decent on it. Yeah, I was running uh, Lineage on my OnePlus One at one stage after, after they stopped supporting it. Yeah, well, the phone she has with a blo- broken screen is a uh, Samsung 9, and um, I was looking, that does that is supported on Lineage. It's an official support on Lineage, so... Uh, sorry, uh, Samsung S9. So I'm thinking if I can get the screen replaced on it, I'm going to use that as a, my replacement phone. And if not, it's the phone's already a write-off anyway. <laughs> yeah, right. I've only been pretty hesitant about putting Uh, That was interesting sounding right there. There sounded like you had a fan blowing on your microphone. <laughs> Either that or he was on a railroad car heading down a tunnel about to crash. Escalators. Uh. Yeah, for my, um, after I switch my phone over to Lineage, I'm running NextCloud at the house, and I've got the phone configured up so everything syncs stri- straight to there, and nothing's syncing to any of the Google servers now. For doing the screen replacement, Taj may be able to give you some tips. Mm. I'm, my phone's got a cracked screen at some stage in the in the next 12 months, I'm going to replace it. New Year's resolution: fix your phone. It's not worth it for what it cost me, and it and it works perfectly well with the cracks. The crack screen's not that bad that it doesn't make it unusable. Yeah, it, I don't think I would bother with mine either. It's a little bit messed up, but I can still use my phone. Well, this phone I got from uh, Josh, who was used to be a host on uh, Minkcast, young Josh. When I dropped me other one. Uh, and uh, really smashed up the screen on that, and that wasn't usable because it had sharp um, shards on the surface. Uh, and then about six months after he, he sold me this one, which is a second-hand Huey Pro 20, um, he, uh, I dropped it, and <laughs> the screen cracked again. Oh, God. And I've got it in a case. It just The case fell open, and it fell on the glass. Is that a Huawei, you said? Yeah. Oh, yeah, my wife loves those. Yeah, it's a nice phone. I'm not sure about it being from China, though. Well, they're all from China. Yeah, you got that right. (laughs) That's right. Even even Apple's made in China. I know the iPads are made in China, and they have all that uh, aluminum dust that uh, is killing the workers. Mm. Yeah, 
they're all either made in China or uh, somewhere around that region. Oh, what was that open source phone? Not the Pine phone. There's another one been seen recently. Was it the Fairphone? The Fair was no, not the Fairphone. It's another one. It was an open source one. But one of the things is they had two versions. They had like a six hundred dollar version and a sixteen hundred dollar version. The sixteen hundred version dollar version was made in the U.S. Let's see if I can find that. I'm trying to think. Um, see what the, the duck says. Libram phone. Yeah, it probably is the Libram. Oh, yeah, I right? think that's it. That's the one where you have hardware switches for your mic, I th- believe so. Yeah, it's a bit overpriced for the hardware, though. Yeah, they had two of the Librem 5 and the Librem 5 USA. What's the uh, operating system that only works on pixels? It's, like, really secure or whatever. Graphene OS, I think. I was wrong on the price. It's almost 2000 for it, for the U.S. Ooh. version. Ooh. Wow. Yeah, I think I'll take my tinfoil hat off for that. Well, the thing is, you can only cut down so much on tracking because your cell phone still has to check in with towers with some sort of unique identifier. Yeah. The only way to stop tracking is have a load of burn phones and switch them on once, make one call, and then throw them away and use the next one next time. (laughs) It's a bit expensive, that. What? You can't afford to buy a new phone every day? Mm, Don't think so. Set up, uh, you know, some sort of cheap phone on autobuy. (laughs) <laughs> it's $200 a day. Not that bad, right? Yeah. As my dad used to say, I'm a poor pensioner. <laughs> All right, if I did it right, I added the link to the Librem 5 USA in the uh, show notes. Here, let me, I wanted to look at this one thing about the Graphene OS. I wonder if that's like, I've heard about it. I don't know if it's any good, if anyone knows anything about it. Graphene OS for the uh, Pixel Fence. Yeah, Graphene OS is a new new. Uh, one that's coming out, and they're deliberately trying to remove any reference to Google at all in there. Lineage has just removed the Google apps, and has tried to do workarounds for some of them. It seems pretty interesting, because, you know, I think it's a pretty good idea to not have any Google on your phone. Yeah, well, like I said, I took mine, I redid it to Lineage, and then I've got it where it does all its syncing against NextCloud, and that seems to work great. Yeah, my yeah, co-host my... on Minkcast, Moss, he's tried to de-Google his life, but it's uh, it's not easy. I've done pretty well at it. I, I, the only thing I, I have I... to use is uh, Google Translate, really. Yeah, I've been trying to use StartPage for my search engine. I know it's using Google on the back end, and I've been trying to use everything else for mapping and other things. Uh, matter of fact, the latest version of NextCloud, they've got a really nice integration on the mapping in there. I've been using uh, Cirque's. It's pretty interesting. It works with, like, it aggregates a few different search engine results, indexes, three. So it has, like, DuckDuckGo and Google. Yeah, I'd love to find a good open-source distributed search engine to replace um, Google. Sort of like you've got the uh, Tor network, but except for you could figure you could have different people add their machine in to share for searching and indexing. I've seen a few projects out there, but nothing that's of really usable level yet. Yeah. I guess the real problem is trying to do something like that distributed. The Google data centers has all the stuff with very short access time between the servers. And if you're in a distributed network, it's going to take a while to coordinate everything. Hard to compete with Google. They have so much just power. It's amazing amazing how far these big tech companies have come in the last 15 years or so. Uh, I've been trying to remove most of the Google portions of my life ever since... It seems like every time I got a service I really start liking with them, they discontinue it. 
Yeah. How many yeah. of you remember Google Reader? Uh, I've heard uh, about I've... it. I never used to use it, but uh, yeah, knew about it. Yeah, I'm actually now instead of Google Reader, I've got a self-hosted uh, TTRFF or TTRSS um, one that seems to work pretty good. Mm. I just use uh, it's still Google, but I use Feed, feed Burner, and that's for pushing RSS, not reading it for taking them. Now, one of the features I like on um, Nextcloud now, with like I said, they've improved the mapping in there. It's being able to pull up all my contacts on a map and have it see where they're all mapped out that way. Yeah. And then with the photos, the photos being automatically uploaded, you can actually have uh, the maps in Nextcloud mapping out where you did your photos, similar to what you do with some of the Google services. I, I take pictures on my phone without like the location data embedded, so... Well, I don't mind having the location embedded if it's going to my servers. If it's going to somebody else's server, I try to strip it out before I send it. Yeah, I, I just skip that and just don't take any photos with that because it's just a lot of effort to do that if I'm sending it to someone else. Yeah. Well, with the Nextcal client, because I kept running out of space on the phone from different videos and pictures going on there. So with the Nextcloud client, you can have it where as soon as you take stuff, it'll automatically upload it to your server and then take it off your device. And that keeps me from running out of space from things. I need to. I don't have a Nextcloud set up at all. It's worth the effort. I need something more than what I have because I don't really have anywhere to do it. All I have is just a little NAS for that kind of thing. For a while, my Nextcloud server was at Lenovo T410 sitting behind the um, TV in my living room. <laughs> I do have an old Mac Mini laying around I could use. Doesn't take much as long as you can learn load Linux on it. You should be able to run it. Yeah, yeah I'll have to I'll look, into, look that. into that. Would make a good episode, too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm not going to promise that one. <laughs> yeah, I've been meaning to document it the last several times I built one, and I keep forgetting to write it up. So, If I do it, I'll document it. If I don't do it, well, then well, I won't document it. I need to write that down somewhere. Ironically, um, the notes app I use syncs to Nextcloud, but I just don't have that set up, obviously. Yeah, I've got notes and several other things syncing in there. And what's great is, first thing I do when I set up a machine for my, me is I put in the uh, Nextcloud client and start syncing the stuff down. And uh, I've not lost any documents since I started that uh, about 10 years ago. I started out when it was still OwnCloud. Of course, OwnCloud still exists, but all the development's going on the Nextcloud side. <laughs> yeah, I don't uh, know much about self-hosting software at all, but... I'm definitely interested in it because it seems like a really cool idea. For the one I'm running right now, I've got... My son had upgraded his gaming machine at the house, so he had his old machine sitting there and was trying to decide what to do it, so I snagged it. Um, so I've got that loaded as my server. I'm using uh, no IP for doing um, Dyn DNS lookups on the um, server, and I've got an account with them. Got a domain register there, and so once I set it up, I pretty much forget about the machine. Yeah, that sounds that makes sense to me. Got a few cron jobs that I'll automatically do the updates to it and reboot the machine. Uh, I've got some cron jobs now that'll automatically do the next cloud apps up app updates, so I know that every week they're getting their latest things on there. And then once you set it up, like I said, I I use it more than I maintain it anymore. That's good to hear. That makes it sound not as daunting. Now, one of the features they have on it that I haven't really investigated um 
is they apparently now have something for ransomware protection. It'll detect that you've done a lot of your files are being encrypted and basically stop from storing those changes in there. But I've never really worked with it, so I don't know too much about it. Huh. That's pretty uh, interesting. I've never heard of something like that before. They also have some social networking integration in there for some of the, for um, some of your uh, open social networks. Again, I haven't messed with that portion of it yet either. Did we yeah. Miss, did we miss Happy New Year for uh, Tehran, Rashad, Esfan, Rashad? Ah, uh, we did. My fault. I was babbling on. Got you distracted. Yeah. Next one's Moscow. Right. I yeah. found a timeanddate.com has an easier way to gauge it against my central time. Yes. Oh, I'm, u- I'm using the one Ken posted earlier on. I'll put the link in the uh, mumble. I think it's already in the show notes. Yes, it is in the show notes. Yeah. I just get confused by those Zulu times. Uh, is that what the Z stands for? Yeah. Zulu's ba- basically UCT and Greenwich Mean Time. Yeah, I figured it was this. Yeah, from what I understand, the Greenwich Observatory's atomic clock got shut down a few years ago. Wasn't that... Or is... Was I mistaken? I couldn't tell you. I'm not a proponent of that kind of knowledge. Um, they tend to refer to UTC now, uh, or UCC, UCT, or what we call it. We can blame all the time zones on the railroads. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've heard that story. Yeah, so that they could have uh, reliable timetables. Now if we could only get rid of the daylight savings changes. Yeah, daylight, yeah, daylight savings is probably the most, uh, the most annoying things they have to they deal have to with deal all the time. You know, what's interesting is with between the northern and southern hemisphere, there is some. Uh, country, I was working with some countries in uh, South America for a while, and depending on daylight savings times and the differences in adjustments between us, we could either be the same time or two hours different. <laughs> yeah, time time sucks. <laughs> Hey, did anybody see that uh, the news article about Elon Musk wanting to catch the um, the big rocket on the launch tower when it lands instead of having it landing gear on it? Nope, didn't see that. So apparently, the 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 plan is he's trying to keep the their big heavy lifter rocket. He's trying to keep from having landing gear on it, so they're they've got a portion that holds it during launch, and the in- intention is to fly it back down to the launch pad and have it catch back on those same things so they don't have to have landing gear on it and be able to launch again in just a matter of hours. Wow. See if I can find that real quick. That's... Wow. Found it, just posted it in there, and I'll add it to the notes. Of course, I guess the problem is if they mess up, not only do they lose the rocket, they lose the launch pad. Yeah, right. I'm going to go. I find it painful to wear headphones after a while, so... uh... I'll pro- it'll probably be tomorrow morning before I rejoin and All say right. hi before everyone goes. <laughs> See you later. Dude. All, right. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Have a good Have one. Fun, See you later. Bye. I just found a great little interesting thing. Uh, it's like a command line weather little thing. You can curl the website and it brings up the weather on your terminal. What's the link? Uh, yeah, I'm copying it here. I'll post it in the uh, mumble and I'll, I guess I'll put it in the show notes. You seem to be missing Netminer. I haven't seen him around here. It's uh twenty forty one, right? For the UTC. Where do you find UTC? It's two forty two uh, central. Okay, yeah.
Yeah, I found out on timeanddate.com. And then I'm trying to push this into the, uh, what do you call it? Shunas. Etherpad? Yeah. Are you in the Midwest? Uh, what now? Sorry. Are you in the Midwest? Uh, no, I'm on the East Coast, Florida. Oh, so we by Claudio. Uh, I suppose so, yeah. Yeah, he was in here earlier. I believe he's from Miami. Hmm. I've actually never been to Miami. I haven't lived here my whole life. I am from the Midwest. Been near Chicago all my life. Definitely not a city person. Yeah, cities are not my thing. I'm more in, like, a slightly more rural area. For the WTTR.info, I get can't resolve host name. Oh, you know what? It's dot .in, not info. <laughs> I'm stupid. There we go. It's in the show notes. Thank you. Thank you. I have it, um, I just alias it to, so I can run it in my command, or my terminal. I keep calling it command line because I come from Windows, even though it's been five years. Can never break that habit. I mean, I guess command line isn't wrong. It's just, you know. It's either or. Just sounds a bit wrong to me, even though I know it's technically right. Do you have a terminal preference? Uh, no, not really. Whatever works. My terminal preference is I wish to live. <laughs> are you telling me there are terminals other than Bash? Surely not. ZSA? CSA? But I usually use just Bash. That's all I know. Yeah, I think it's ZSH or ZSH. And I think it's like, what was it called? Fish? Yeah, I think the United States is the only one that calls it ZSH. Everybody else calls it Z. Yeah, I'm from America, but I, I guess that's just a regional thing. We're Americans. We're weird. What can we say? You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website, or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.